Hello, and welcome to an Unexpected Podcast. My name is Tim, and with me as always, we got Matt, Rainier, and Devin. And joining us on this week's episode, we have Charles and Richard Lynn. Um, so what we're going to be going over in this episode is a list from Flavian, and then we're going to do a new series we're going to try to do uh, where we're going to be talking about people, talk to people about the, their meta and what it's like over there. And then we're going to reintroduce the duel, which has been a long time coming, where Richard will be going up against Matt for an 800-point list. Um, I do want to let everyone know we are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're interested in listening to us there. And if you have any questions for Q&As, please leave those as well, because we'll probably be doing another one shortly. Um, So we'll bring it over to to, uh, Rich and Charles. So I know you guys have a podcast, if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so our podcast is uh, called Into the West, and we're based in Vancouver, Canada. Um, We focus on uh, competitive topics and um, tournaments, and um, each episode we share a topic. We either review a faction or a profile, and we, the four of us, we bring lists and we compare them and things like that. Um, And uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Into the West podcast, and we're on all the major podcast platforms if you want to check out any of our episodes um apple spotify all of that so what do you actually talk about on the into the west podcast like what's the focus of that because i know everyone has kind of a different theme and style they're going for yeah so we usually pick um either a profile or a faction to focus on and then um there's four of us on the podcast and we each bring a different list so we'll kind of we'll kind of compare um how this profile can be allied into um, like a yellow alliance or played in a pure list, small points, high points, just like, and we also like analyze the profile and, you know, just kind of go over the competitive uses of a profile and viability. And then there's usually a second part of the episode, which is an open topic where we discuss um, a certain aspect of the game. We either debate or we, we rank certain types of profiles and stuff like that. There's all sorts of, topics for the open topic um yeah i don't know if richard wants to add it now that (laughs) i mean i think charles is being nice about it um the gist of it is we we bring some lists and we trash each other's lists and say how bad they are and (laughs) we like to do that on this podcast too (laughs) (laughs) so and i um i know you guys travel a lot uh you actually gone to uh well i know Personally, uh, I've gone against you both in um, Desolation of Toronto, or maybe not you, Richard, uh, but Desolation of Toronto. Yeah. You guys have come to Nova as well. Charles, I believe several times. Yeah, uh, I, I played Charles at Nova last year, actually, or the year it was playing. Yeah, and Rich, you were like going for first place at Nova in the final round. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my first time at Nova, so. No, I think it's awesome. A pretty good first experience. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I don't think I've ever played either of you. Is that correct? I know we've been at a bunch of tournaments where, you know, we've you know, uh, I I know I've run I know I've run into you, yeah, at at, at variety of tournaments, but I don't think we have ever played. Am I right about that? Either of Um, you? No, I think in 2017, um, I almost played you and Evan, 
um, in doubles. And then um, Devin came over and while we were deploying, he's like, no, 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 you guys aren't playing. So then oh, thanks, we got Devin. swapped. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted the opportunity to go again. <laughs> That's what I'll do in tournaments, just yep. mix it up. <laughs> he, he chooses specifically. He's like, you know what? I don't really want. No, don't get. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to the list for this week. So it is by Flavian. Um, if you guys want to go over that real quick. Is it is it Flavian or Flavian? I want to say Flavian, but it could be Flavian. I'm not. Oh, I'm... yeah. I bet you it's Flavian. Like we <laughs> <are real. laughs> so it's, it's exactly if it's, that. If it's named after the Roman dynasty, I think it's Flavian, but um, maybe it's not. We so apologize in advance for butchering your name. If we yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, also common... apologize, we also apologize in retrospect for the historical pedantry again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common theme that we mispronounce people's lists or names on uh, when we're doing lists. So I guess who's reading today's list? Um, Rich, if Charles? you want to go over this. Or Rich, I think uh, Rich Charles. Charles, Charles yeah, 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 if you want to go over this. Okay, so Fabian wanted us to know um, what we thought of his list, which um, is Numenor in a competitive environment and uh, with some elves allied in. So in his war first warband, he has Isildur with the shield, horse, and the one ring, and Isildur is the leader, and he's leading nine Numenorian warriors with spears and shields. Then he has a Lothorian alliance uh, led by Haldir with heavy armor and bow. And in his warband, he has four Gladrum warriors with shield, one Gladrum warrior with banner, shield, and spear, two Gladrum warriors with spear and shield. And I assume he means two guards of the Gladrum court and five wood elf warriors with bow. And the last warband is from Thranduil's halls, uh, Legless Greenleaf, Prince of Mirkwood on horse, leading two Mirkwood cavalry with shield, four Mirkwood elves with bow, six Mirkwood elves with shield, and one wood elf sentinel. That comes to 750 points, 39 models, 9 might, um, 3 characters with strike, 12 bows, and uh, 1 ring. Um, so, yeah, thoughts on this list? Well, you guys are uh, apparently the experts of ripping lists up, right? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I'll what start, initial yeah. thoughts here? I mean, what do you guys think? Of... I, I think the first thing that comes... Um, out to me is that um, I'm not sure about having Isildur as the leader um, since they're all heroes of valor here. Um, well, I think Halder's fortitude, right? Is he valor? He, he, no, he, he went up, up to valor. valor. Oh, oh yeah, that's valor. right. Yeah, he, he's he valor, did. so he can uh, he yeah. can ally. All right. Yeah. So so I do like find it interesting to put like Haldir and like Loss, either of them as like a leader because they're usually in the backs, you know, sniping duties and all that. Um, and and of course, like if Contest of Champions comes out, they can still hold their own. But this way, you can throw Zeldor in um, with the ring and go crazy and all that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Legolas because he has three fate. I would probably pick him as the leader. Yeah. So so I guess here's the counter argument to making Isildur the um, the army leader is you know first of all, obviously if if you get if you're in Contest of Champions, you want Isildur to be the leader because he's the guy who's going to be killing stuff with something other than a bow and he can just wait in. I mean, the other advantage to Isildur being the leader is if you're in a situation where, you know, you get points for killing the leader, um, you know, it, it, if you run into trouble and, you know, there's, 
and and it looks like he's going to be so the other guy's going to come after your leader to get those points. He puts on the ring, and then all of a sudden he can't get shot anymore. He can't get spells cast at him unless there's a ring wraith around, which I guess is going to be a problem. Um, and if you want to charge him and kill him, he's going to be out fighting you. Period. Uh, and that really, you know, puts you in a situation. If if he's the leader and the guy wants those leader points, he's got to. I mean, he's got to wade into a situation where he's going to be guaranteed to be outfought. And I mean, at that point, if the other guy's like coming to you because he's the leader, you don't care as much whether you kind of flub your your leader die roll or not because you know wherever he ends up, he's still going to have the higher fight value no matter what happens. So I guess that's the counter argument to making. Yeah, it's, it's a good count, good counter argument. I think I would still put Legolas as as the hero, even when it came to contest, because let's say Isildur was he's in the list. Like I, I think, in my opinion, Isildur is one of the most underrated heroes actually in this game. He's amazing for his points. But I, I like the idea of still Legolas the hero in something like contest. Of course, ideally you'd want to be Isildur, but Isildur can still assassin their general pretty easily. Even if their general's protected, you can throw a sealder on the back ranks, broke yeah, combat but, but, in, but, into him. But you want those those high points for my leader killed your leader, right? Isn't that True. how the scenario works? My yeah, leader, yeah. That, that uh, it, I, I'm just a yeah. Little I think you get because, seven. You get like seven points or something. Big yeah, it, it, your it, leader it, kills it, it their is leader a lot. Plus, you get a might yeah. back because you're killing a hero. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of all the other scenarios too with Legolas's survivability. And and so forth, but yeah, it, it it is debatable. I want to switch though to like the the mod the the infantry models actually, like like the warriors. Um, I think the list build synergy is really good with the strength of the Numenorians and the fight of the elves, even with the fight six, especially sprinkled with the fountain court guard, or Galadrim court guard. Um, I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I see both five wood elves warriors with bow and one warband four Merkwood elves with bow and another warband. I see them kind of as isolated parts of the battle. What are your guys idea of maybe dropping the spears on the Numenor warriors and putting spears on the archers instead to give the archers a dual role? What do you guys think about that? Well, I think they become a little less useless in combat i mean i say yeah. useless but and they're supporting with the fight five also my think, assumption is he wants to put the bowman in the front like yeah it, it, it that's almost looks like what he's going for yeah but if you're going to put bowman in front right if you're going to put defense five bowman in front why wouldn't you want Numenorians those are defense three bowmen too yeah and, and i was gonna say especially well, the, the, the wood elves the wood elves i think are going to be running around and hiding behind trees i think that's <laughs> that's their job is just to I'm going to run off. I'm going to grab objectives. I'm going to hide behind. Um, uh, oh, you mean terrain. the fight three? That's right. They're they're defense three, right? Yeah, yeah. warriors. It, oh, it's, yeah. It's the Mer it's the Merkwood elves with bows that I'm kind of scratching my head as to what kind of their role on the battlefield is. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to put them in the if you're going to put them in the front rank of a shield wall, then which is you know where they where they have to be in order to you know kind of to to fight then you may as well have numenorians in the front rank because they have they have equivalent defense i mean i was thinking along the same lines is take taking the spears off of at least some of the numenorians and giving you know either glaives to Merkwood elves mm -hmm. or um spears to galadrum warriors and 
So there's another benefit. There's another benefit to <clears throat> putting the Numenorians in the front rank. I mean, you are, I mean, the Galadrim warriors with shield are going to have the higher defense, but against shooting, it doesn't matter whether you have defense six or defense five. So at least in the shooting war portion of this, it doesn't matter whether the Numenorians are in front uh, or the Galadrim are in front, I guess, unless you're fighting elves, in which case it, the, the difference does matter. Um, the Numenorians, though, get the resistance to magic from Isildur. Yeah, they still get it. Um, which, which the elves don't. So if the Numenorians are in the front rank and Isildur is nearby, then the pull the front rank guy out of the battle line with a compel and then jump on it in heroic uh, combat type thing becomes harder to do. So that's another kind of hidden advantage of putting the Numenorians in front is they're tougher to drag out of the battle line um, and drag forward from the battle line than the elves will yeah. be in the situation. I think, I think especially with the wood elves though, with them being able to parry with the, with the spear as well, like Matt said, if they, if they want to go off and do whatever they want to do to have that extra spear to, to shield, if they need to, to stay on an objective, I think for one point having that is mm -hmm. massive. And then it's always great to have the ability to support anyway. So I think for five points, you definitely try to fit each of them with a, with a spear for, um, for the wood elves. But it, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Isildur um, gets resistant to magic himself, correct? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I think when it, when we were talking about the the, I'd probably go with Isildur because I think having that, um, I think having the ability to have resistant to magic for free combined with his stat line. Yeah, you worry about the one fate, but he does have the one ring, and I mean it's a hard choice between Legolas and Isildur, but I think I'd probably lean towards Isildur. See, one fate. I thought he was like two fate. Is he two fate? Maybe I, I thought he was like three one two or something. Yeah, what, what, what are you guys' thoughts on? Uh, yeah, three, two, I think two. it's a, a yeah, Lendl. Three two that, two. Uh, so yeah, three like wounds, two fate. Yeah, I'm going a sealed door myself personally. Yeah. What, what what about a banner to the list? Would you guys add it? He already has it. He has a banner. Oh, does he? Have it's it? on, yeah, it's, it's on, on the Gladrum. Yeah. Oh Lord, have mercy, guys! It's late here. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, I you know just to it, weigh in, I kind of wonder. If to get all these things we're talking about, if throwing out the Sentinel is probably... I don't think you throw out the Sentinel. I think the Sentinel is a nice little tricksy thing to add in. I think you could probably just throw out like one Merkwood Elf with a shield and that would get you some glaze arm everyone and up. some spears. Oh, you could probably one thing sacrifice... I noticed, there's yep. one thing I noticed is the Merkwood Warband's actually over the bow limit. So I would drop one of the Wood Elves, with, Wood bow Elves with bow and maybe swap it with a glaive or something. Wait, uh, so Legolas... There's, there's five bows in that yeah. warband, and there's only 13 models, 13 warriors. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he can only have four bows in a warband like yeah. that size. Oh, yeah, that's true. He, he, well, he probably minute. originally... Did he have it originally at 15 models? And then 13. maybe... No, no, no. 13 bows, you can have five, five, five bows. Yeah, I was okay. going to say. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you round up. Oh. Uh, that, that always confuses me, too. But Oh, but, my bad. But on the other hand, if you did what I wanted to do, which is is drop one of the Merkwood Elves with shield, then you'd have a problem. Um, so you know, maybe you drop a, a a bow. Some you know, maybe you drop a guy with a bow. Maybe maybe a yeah. Wood Elf warrior with a bow. Because um, I, I 
I don't like the five, Wood Elf Warriors. Five is excessive. <laughs> like I can't. So I like a few of them because it, it, it's always nice. But he's got a Wood Elf Sentinel. It's always yeah. nice to have a few archers with. Um, yeah. I'm not against Elven him having. Cloaks. I was gonna say the oh, Elven, cloak Elven Cloak. Is, yeah, the Elven Cloak for free is kind of a no, nice I, feature. I, I, well, you're I, paying think, for I it. think he's adding them too to just bulk out the numbers because seven fifty with what looks like two two ex- semi expensive heroes and one mid tier expensive hero. And thirty nine models with five five. That's actually a lot of models. Yeah, it is a lot of models for, for what what is. I I would keep the wood elf bows, but as Tim said, I just put one point for the parry rule and a spear support. That's not bad. But I also like one thing: the wood elf sentinel with a sealed door. Now that's a nice combo right there. Because can't the wood elf control with one of his enchantments like move a model? You can move a model of courage. Test. Yeah, I mean, so it, he it, can, it's not he a can bad model to have. Move, move a model and use a sealed door to like bounce off him and assassinate someone with yeah. the ring or something like that. I like that little combo. Is everyone happy with the 35, 39 models? Everybody thinks that's a decent enough? I think it's the minimum in a list like this because okay. 39 models is actually an average number of troops at 750. Most armies are going to have 39. It's, it's, sli- it's slightly high. I think he could, I think really? he could get like yeah, three it, it, war bands. You have three war bands, all twelve models each. That's thirty models, thirty-nine models. I think. I think it's high. It's not high. For I don't models, think it's high. It's it's how I would build something yeah. like this. He has this a defense five that, that's base army. Are. Like most of his, the average median of his like would you, you know, defense values are five. He has no blinding light too. Hey, he, has yeah, no he has no blinding light. light. An average mm-hmm. defense of five. I and and then he's got models much weaker than that with the wood elves and the sentinels you can be picked off. I actually think that 39 is like the minimum. I don't think it's high. I think he's just hitting an average with a list this defensive. Well, I, I mean, saying say, I mean, once you factor in low defense, then I, I then yeah, you know, maybe that affects the numbers, but. Oh, yeah. If this was Iron Hills, then this would <laughs> be extremely seven, high. Well, I mean, at it's at seven hundred and fifty points, a thirty-nine model list is. I mean, I, I'm usually looking around like thirty-seven, thirty-eight models at seven hundred and fifty points. So, might be that's why I was saying you could probably sacrifice one model somewhere and probably one of the low defense models and throw in some extra spears. And I don't think that would change. Yeah, would you um, guys? Cons- list. Would I'd you guys? I would have warrior. Yeah. I'm wondering if you consider drop the Sentinel, add like three Numenorians for that price. You go up to 41 models. It kind of makes you a little bit stronger at that point. Yeah. Well, I, I, you do lose a trick Rainier mentioned, which after he said, I it, know, like, but I mean, I, I'll I be honest with you. I've that. gone against Wood Elf Sentinels almost a lot of the weeks that I play and they just, especially it only really is that beneficial in my opinion, when they come up against low courage, if they don't, then yeah. it, and I agree. Good versus evil tournaments are where I bring Sentinels. If I'm playing like all around meta, like I'm like, eh. they're useful in sure. some situations, <laughs> but I just want three models is useful in every situation. It's always my thought, you know, and I, I mean the wood elf, it has the two attacks, but it is defense three. So it can go down really easily. And I, I just, I think I'd rather add three Numenorians to this list personally. Well, I, I think there's other ways to add three Numenorians to this list. I, I agree with you that this list could probably benefit from more Numenorians because they're cheaper than the elves, so you're going to yep. get more figures, especially. And if plus, just a little bit of hitting power with strength four is always a great thing to have. Yeah, but I think, I think my, tr- I, I would, I would decrease some of the other elves. I think having one Wood Elf Sentinel to make the other guy think, ooh, one of my guys could get pulled out um it, it, you know in a list with no magic having one wood elf sentinel i think is a useful thing to have but i think you could probably drop two or three other elves somewhere and get you know probably maybe like 
four or conceivably even five extra uh, Numenorians in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the calf because- potentially you could potentially drop the calf. Yeah, the I kind of like, like the calf. Yeah, because this list has I, no I think, march. Yeah, he needs right? the calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This list has no march, so we need something with um, with mobility, and it's definitely a heavy shoot. But you could drop a couple of elves, even elves with bows, and you could get some Numenorians with bows. Yeah, like you could have Numenorians with bows and spears, and Numenorians with shields in front of them. Um, that would be another way to do it, um, and because that you're, you're going to save some points there, and you may be able to. Uh, actually, if you're doing some trade-offs, maybe add a figure or two to your model count. So I guess to round it off a little bit here, so we're we're all saying that it's arguable whether or not a Sealdor or a Legolas should be the leader. It seems like most of us are on the Legolas side, which if I'm going to throw my vote in there, I'd say, yeah, Legolas be the leader. Um, but overall, good way, a good idea either way. 39 models is a healthy model count. We think the might is healthy. We think the bow shots are healthy. We think his options of heroes are healthy. Does anyone disagree with Halder? Um, I mean, you could go Rumel for a little bit more uh, fighting capabilities, but like I how, probably how... would go with Halder because everyone has strike at that point. So if anyone gets into a situation, you can deal with it. He's one well, extra bow, too, and he's a one extra model with might that has a bow, too. So I kind of like that. Well, because he's um, kind of t- he's two bows, really. Because yeah, yeah, but I, I yeah. mean one one more yes, because it's him, yes. and then he's extra, so it's kind of like an extra bow. Yeah, well, I, I believe Rumil Rumil is uh, fortitude, right? So Haldir is one of the only options. Oh, that's right. Yes, because yeah. of the two Ah, that's true. So I mean, Haldir is the option then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another another option actually might be Toriel. Um, which honestly, I think I would have stuck in Mirkwood and well, the so the Gladium Court Guard is what he would lose, yeah, and probably nothing else really. I mean, Wood Elf Warriors, sure, Elven Cloaks, but it, it, you know, oh, actually, Wood Elf Warriors are in Mirkwood, aren't they? No, they're not. They're not, no. not at all. Not okay, anymore. just the just the Sentinels, <laughs> just Sentinel. Okay, so then I, I actually think Tario might be the better shout than than what you're getting. I don't, other than the Gladium Court Guard, which. The only thing I would do with the Gladium Court Guard is with you only have two of them. Unless you're playing Nazgul defense, like you know, with a Fell Beast, you would stick them behind two people. But Sealdor doesn't need their help, so Legless doesn't need their help. Halder does? No, he doesn't. So it's like, uh, all right, so maybe sh- they shore up some defense against some hero running around somewhere else. But well, they, yeah, they shore up they shore up the warriors, right? So if you, if somebody's got a fight six hero, that's like. I don't want to fight Isildur or any of these other fight six heroes. Yeah. I'm going to beat up on a fight five elf. And yeah. the guard of glad from court runs behind them. So, I mean, I just don't think with only two of them in the list, he's losing enough to say, hey, don't pick Tariel or a different elven lord, maybe from Rivendell that I'm not thinking about. Yep. So I, I think Halder's not adding a lot uh, other than two shots. So, I mean, I would say if I'm going against this type of list, I mean, he's got two solid heroes and then the third one that's like, you know, just kind of a might battery. Um, if he if he I went mean, to Tariel, he'd probably lose a model or two if he did that. Because yeah, and we, yeah, uh, we all yeah. agree that it's like try to get more models. So like, I, I just, I like the Haldir one. I like can, Tariel get, better than Haldir, obviously, but I'm okay. worried about how many models you lose because that's the great thing about Galadrim is they have that, you know, they're, they're that really well-costed army for mm-hmm. elves, and I kind of worry about that. So, so here's, an, here's another option, and this is probably the way I would probably build the list, is instead of switching Halder out for another elf, I would switch Halder out for a Captain of Numenor on horse with Lance, 
and then a bunch more Numenorean guys. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say he needs a lot more elves with spears if he's going to do that. Oh and yeah, and then you take you take some of the you structure. take some of the extra points, and you you basically make all the elves have glaives in Legolas's warband um, because you're going to have a bunch of points left over if you uh, if you do that. And I think you're going to end up it? increasing your numbers. You could give basically you you make your all your elves be second rank folks, and you. And um, and you know their job is just to run around and give fight five mm-hmm. where you need it behind your massive Numenorians. You're right; it is a big change to the list. I mean, one of the questions he makes, or he he poses here, is any thoughts on how to make Numenor player playable at events? Well, he's not even playing a Numenor list. It, this well, is an elf, this is like an elf list. Yeah, but I think Numenor he wants allies. something with Numenor in it, right? Because he wants to play with his Numenor toys. Yeah. Um, and I think Numenor. To get competitive, Numenor needs numbers because it is kind of a, it, it's a high hit, low defense army, but it's got it's got you know kind of some big heroes running around. And if you're not going to do a Lendil, I think a Lendil is another way to do it. If you're going to do Isildur, which is a perfectly reasonable way to do it, I agree with Rainier. He's one of the most underappreciated uh, heroes in the game. Mick, he's one of the most underappreciated heroes in the game. <laughs> um, the yeah, Mick, we brought two more North Americans and we're just gonna trash you this whole episode. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, that's what you get, that's what you get for missing meetings. Um, the uh, it, it, you you kind of use the Numenorean guys who are actually fairly cheap, decent models to kind of build up your numbers, and then you have a core of elves running around behind, um, to uh, uh, to you know, get the fight five where you need it and, and give you some bowfire support. So I think overall, we all think this is a fairly solid list, probably not one we'd be immensely terrified of, but it is competitive. Like it's not a weak yeah. list. Yep. So, and I think in order to, you know, if the player wants to bring it to a more competitive standard, you might, it would almost involve a restructure of the entire list idea. Um, either weighing in more heavily with Numenor and different maybe heroes, but like, you know, but overall, if you kept it largely the same, I guess all of us are saying, get more spears on these elves, maybe sacrifice a wood elf with bow to do it. And overall, then your list is pretty solid. Here's here's one last thought to answer his question about how to make Numenor playable is I'm now thinking about the interesting interaction that you get of having a wood elf sentinel or two and a Lendil with the free heroic combat. So you have the Wood Elf Sentinel that like drags somebody out of the line uh, out in front, and then a Landil charges it, gets the free hero combat, and then he can either kill that guy and bounce back and reset and do it again next turn, yeah. or or he can you know use that guy as a springboard into something else if that's your turn to rush into. So which is actually a common tactic in Lake Town where you have Gandalf and um yeah and Bard who can do the same thing. Yeah, but but nobody really expects that from a Wood Elf Sentinel until it kind of happens to them. So that may be something. Yeah. Maybe something to think about. Okay. Uh, thank you for your list. Uh, let us know what you do with it in uh, the comment section below. And if anybody else has any lists, let us know that as well. Uh, we're going to move into the main topic for today, uh, which is we're going to talk to Richard and Charles about what their meta is like in their area. Now, I believe you guys are in the western part of Canada, if that's correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, we're in Vancouver, uh, greater Vancouver area. 
Okay. Um, so the For first... any of uh, listeners who don't know that, yeah, but Vancouver is actually all the way on the west coast of Canada, and then most of the Canadian players where you see like, you know, uh, Adam Marcel and uh, you know the Blackfire Productions, they're actually on the like more eastern side where Toronto is and such. Yeah. So just and, in case all... anyone doesn't know the geography of Canada, If if any of our listeners don't know, Canada is actually the country that is to the north of the United States. So no, you see, if wait, you look, really? If you look at a map, Canada <laughs> is the one that is above the United States. I thought it was below us. Now, but some people legitimately <laughs> no. don't know where Vancouver is. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll hear Vancouver and they're like, is that near Toronto? Like what's going on? You know, because you hear Canada, that's the city they go. So Ooh, just figured I'd. Uh, <laughs> um, for anyone outside of Canada. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the first question I'm going to pose to you guys is what is the metal like in your area? So I don't know who wants to tackle that question first. Uh, obviously, so, we're going to have to ask questions at particular. You're going to have to pick a Lynn brother. <laughs> pick a Lynn, yeah. <laughs> so, so if I understand it right, you're meta before we even go into it. It's like you, you, how big is your gaming group in Vancouver? I know you have Jin Singh who's kind of like, I believe, like a pseudo head of it in a sense and manages it. Like how many players are you usually looking at at tournaments? And correct me if I'm wrong on that statement. Too. Um, well, I think Jin used to run uh, all of our – events back in the hobbit edition um he uh, he, he kind of got the group together um we started uh with about just like four to six players and back in like mm. 2013 2014 and um after i guess in this new edition he's been less involved but he still like comes around and plays mm. um in a tournament once in a while so uh, just to um just to kind of give you guys an idea, our meta, we would probably include some of the um, northwestern um, states as well. As we have players down in Portland and Seattle that frequently come up to our tournaments and we sometimes go down to their events. So I would say that um, because we were kind of mixed in together, we kind of um, play each other all the time as well. Um, so I would say our events... Um, some of the bigger ones, uh, 20 to 24 players. And then some of the smaller ones, um, like one-day events, small lower points, those ones we would get maybe 16, 16 to 18 people. So it's pretty yeah. healthy yeah, pretty, size pretty, tournaments. Yeah, yeah pretty, that's big, actually pretty, pretty good. And yeah. you, you guys were doing like quite a lot of events. I would see the Seattle group and the Portland group always posting stuff on the ASBGA yeah. of them going up there. So you guys sound like you were doing quite a lot of events frequently before COVID? Yeah. Um, close to uh, say one every month or one every two months, Richard, would you say that's about right for tournaments? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's correct. And we usually have a good mix of um, uh, like two day events and one day events. Okay. So, no, go ahead, Dev. No, I mean, I just piggybacking off the whole meta question. So obviously when we talk about that, um, you know, the, there's generally, I'd like to say, a trend in certain locations for the types of armies people like to bring. And uh, here in the D.C. area, we definitely like competitive and, I don't know, it's kind of all mixed, which we'll go into later. But, but, as but far what as makes guys, it competitive? That's really the, that's, yeah, that's that's really yeah, the question yeah, of the meta is, yeah. you know, what, what, makes your what makes a list competitive in your area? Mm. 
Um, Cause there's a bit of, I mean, at least as I perceive it, there's a bit of like rock, paper, scissors here with lists where certain, certain lists beat other types of lists, which beat other types of lists, which beat other types of lists, which beat the first type of list. So it's kind of a rotation to see, you know, who's bringing what armies within that rock, paper, scissors game. Yeah, yeah, or like if, if you guys bring, I know some some groups always bring Lady of Light to counter magic because yeah. they have or to counter counter yeah to counter ring race or something because they always see ring race. Some armies always bring terror because they're they're afraid of hordes. Like what yeah. what what do you guys usually see in your area at events? So so I would say um, we we actually see a lot of shooting. Um, a lot of shooting is pretty common. So. You, in our list, we typically think either Blinding Light or Heroic March is um, a mandatory thing. So that was another thing with the list that we reviewed um, today is in our meta, it might also struggle a bit because if you don't win the shooting war um, and you don't have a Heroic March, then it's usually going to be um, there's some issues because either, either there's siege weapons out there or just a lot of max bows with, you know, either elves or corsairs or something, stuff like that. Now, would you say siege weapons are relatively common in your area or they like one, every once in a while kind of a thing? I'd I say think... the last like two or three tournaments, we saw a lot more. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so and which, if, which ones are you seeing? If I could ask. Um, well, Charles, doesn't the last... want to say, Charles doesn't want to say this, but he brought like three mortar catapults to the there last event. So. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can understand why he wouldn't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure the, that the, made him lots of event, friends. <laughs> yeah, the last event before uh, before COVID um, in March of last year, um, I brought a double catapult list. There were two lists with the trebuchet in it, um, and then there may have been one more one more siege weapon somewhere there, but Iron Hill but Ballista yeah. is pretty Iron Hill's so. Ballista, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So you're like guaranteed to see siege weapons in your tournaments, basically. At least yeah, if it's over, it's like over, over 700 points, you probably will. Wow. That's, that's very strange. Cause in the Philly area, I don't think any of us have ever, and that's like at our own events and other events. I don't think we've ever, yeah. brought I don't think weapon. I've ever seen them at any Philly event. They, I, yeah. I you, you Canadians guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I used to I used to bring them a lot. I haven't played a lot with them lately, just because every time I use one, Evan whines at me incessantly. But um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I certainly have have brought them, and um, you know, some players up in our name. I mean, Alex Wright has won a tournament with one. Um, yep, I so, yeah. fell victim to that. <laughs> he was dominating at our. Oh wait, he brought that. He, he brought the. Yeah, who, who did he beat in, in that event? At? Oh shoot, was it you, Devin? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was it? The uh, the Isengard Legendary Legion, and yeah, he won with the banner too. I was like watching him, like, oh, how's this game, dude? I'm all toing, be nice to yeah, everybody. His banner and I just see game. Devin like this, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that banner. I actually have a really good picture of it. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. how did your how did your double <laughs> double? I, I've never heard of a double Mordor catapult list before. So tell me how that one did. <laughs> um, so it was actually a tournament practice for Adepticon last year, which is a thousand points. And um, so the the synergy I was trying to do was uh, I had a Witch King on horse, um, I believe Kardash, and yeah. So the idea was to have. Um, so uh, the two casters, and then I would drain courage, um, the, the enemy heroes, and then uh, shoot the severed heads at them. Um, so it did really well in 
two of my five games where I was able to um, either kill the enemy leader outright or uh, dismount them. But um, in the other two games or the other three games, they didn't roll very well. So, um, and because there's so many points. Yeah. It's a lot of points. Um, yeah. yeah, because there's a lot of points, and if you if your enemy starts at the center line, and you only get to shoot a few turns um, before they close in on your minimum range, um, then you're kind of it's kind of very hard to win. It's an uphill battle if your catapults don't make their points back. Yeah. Which well, you have still have a couple of trolls. <laughs> you, you get the trolls. That's right. Yeah. Trolls. But I think if I were to bring the catapult again to a tournament, I would just take one. Yeah, that's probably right. Two is two is just gratuitous. <laughs> I, uh, you know, there was this one meta in Toronto that I had noticed when I first started going up to Canada, and I had noticed that they just threw theme out of the window. Not this pre-edition though, pre this new edition, but oh, God, it was yeah, like theme was out the window, and it was like, I mean, it was not uncommon to see like the Goblin King in a shade and a Spider Queen and. Uh, row of moria goblins and you're like what am i playing here and so the game became less lord of the rings and more like here's a list of profiles <laughs> to try to make it work <laughs> do you see that in your meta or is it more theme based i think we have a good split between that um mm-hmm. with uh theme players and players are not um yeah i I think, um, like, even between us, uh, I think Charles is more of the theme player, and I'm more of a bring-whatever-profiles. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, th- there's a good mix. Okay. I, I, was that the same tournament that Evan and I were at? Where I, I remember I ran into... Um, I ran into a list that had, like, the Shadow Lord, the Goblin King... Um, yeah, oh, it was something and, like that. Yeah, and then there was it was like this random eclectic mix of like evil heroes and guys that came with them. Which say it worked out for them. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go on to the next question. Uh, what armies do you guys struggle to go against usually? Like, what what is something you guys don't do well against? Goblin Town. Goblin Town. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know, don't we all? It, it's yeah, so, we uh, we struggle in that one too. But <laughs> it, it's so funny. Devin's talked about this before, where um, he remembers he was saying how he would go over to England and they just didn't understand why Goblin Town was competitive, and everybody here seems to understand yeah. how good they are. And wow, that's uh... <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, it's a picture of Devin and Alex, and it says, "When bringing a banner matters." <laughs> It's me losing by that. I was clobbering his army to death and he had a banner like huddled in the middle of it and he won. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, we're, oh yeah, the army. So Goblin Town. So to clarify on Tim's statement, it was actually a specific player, Will Champion, who is really good over in England. And yeah, he seemed to be totally unaware that goblin town was a thing like when we went to articon with it and he was like that's a stupid army and like he really honestly placed like first and third yeah like 220 people <laughs> and after that i think he like you saw people buying goblin town armies <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> all these brits like posting but, the GP but these figures the suck yeah but there's 90 of them <laughs> oh, <laughs> that that's that goblin town is the epitome of quantity has a quality all its own yeah <laughs> you know? 
I think, and obviously this is the whole point of the army, but I think nowadays where people try to get more big heroes because there's less, in the old edition it was much easier to shut down big heroes so you didn't see as many, so you saw more troops. In this edition, with less ability to shut down heroes, you kind of see bigger heroes showing up more often. So it's kind of nice when you see an army that's specifically about, you know, horde, because they don't come out as much when you, you know, you don't see many all Moria Goblin lists. You don't see many um, kind of things like that. It's usually, you know, built around the Balrog. You know, you don't see like a hundred Moria Goblins kind of a thing. But obviously it is extremely competitive. I, so, I do have a question though, like a follow-up. Like you guys said Goblin Town. Does that mean any horde kind of like does well against y'all's meta? I think it's... um. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we see as much horde. Like, if we compare to what kind of armies we saw at Nova locally, um, we may see one or two, uh, but we don't generally have armies that go um, over a hundred models. I think, I think, um, just go back to that question of uh, which armies we struggle against. I think it's usually a lot of the time it's an army that's competitive that um, the the local scene has not seen in a while or hasn't seen a lot of. So um, pre-nerf Angmar did really well locally um, mm. before the the changes in the uh, I mean, couple the shade FAQs. changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also I would say, um, I would say like Corsairs. Um, we didn't used to see very many Corsair players. And then when I went against Rainier at Nova, it was just very difficult because that was like one of my first times ever playing against that army. That's actually an interesting comparison when you talk about you two attending Nova, because that's where you would see a lot of international players and such. So, like, um, what were the armies? Like, you mentioned Rainier's Corsair list. What were the armies you guys saw that you would never see in, in Vancouver? Like, it just was rare. Well, well, the thing is, like, um, I, I started hobbying in, like, when the game started, but I had a big break, so I came back in the new edition. Um and I just played a lot of pure armies. And then I ran into at Nova, one of um, Rainier's compatriots, uh, Jesse Schaefer, and he had the Galadriel and uh, Guahir Mir combo. Um, (laughs) And and I think he had like- The bird bath list. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The Philly represent, there we go. We got the Heisman, grab that football and block. (laughs) So, So that was- I don't know. I, I was kind of just shocked when I first saw that. I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> and, and um, of course, um, I took that back to BC with me after Nova. Mm. And then I think I became the Gladrill ego guy for a couple of months. <laughs> and everyone hated me for it. Jeez, <laughs> um, what was I going to ask? Oh, uh, so what in your meta, what armies are people playing? Other than you know Mordor with catapults, what what armies are people playing? Um, we have to think a bit because ha- there hasn't been any events for a whole year. That's but, true. Fair um, enough. Yeah, <laughs> I think, um, w- w- like I said, mentioned earlier, um, Angmar we saw quite popular in 2019. Um, I think at lower points, um, I think there was a couple. There were some ranges of Thillion, obviously. Um, and then, do you guys ever we, like? Oh, god! 
yeah, Minas um, Tirith and Rohan are also really popular. Uh, do you guys ever like make tournaments where you're purposely trying to discourage a certain type of list, like Athelian Rangers, where you're just like, all right, it, it, maybe not as awful as like ban it, but trying to really discourage it? Like, well, in that... so you can play Athelian Rangers, but you have to wear this silly looking hat while you do it. There's after they deploy, who... you go up to the board and you go earthquake and you just shake the board well, until their models fall over. So in the old meta, there were some tournaments we had, like for example, that would you would force you to play Lords of Battle. And it was mostly because of the fear of the huge hordes that are like Lords of Battle is a guarantee. In fact, at Nova, I used to make the tournament where I picked the scenarios and it was just before the last one or two. And I would always make sure Lords of Battle was in it because I knew if it wasn't, then we we're going to deal with certain armies that are so annoying. So I don't know if like, you guys are, huh? well, yeah. The, yeah, back in, back in the day yeah. Yeah, with the uh, Hobbits, the three point Hobbits. Well, so, Rangers of Athelion haven't won a tournament locally yet. So I don't know if that will okay. happen. Um, but in terms of scenarios, yeah, when we when we build a scenario pack, um, well, nowadays we try after after the new uh, match play guide came out, we try to do um, like rolling from pools uh, mm. just so they're they're a balanced yeah. scenario pack. But then they're also randomized. But before that book came out, we we did some sometimes we would do more selected pre selected scenarios. So we would always have one that discouraged hordes. So either um, a Clash by Moonlight or Lords of Battle. And then we would also have we would also have um, at least two mobility focused ones, so either ones where you have to run off the table or uh, grab an objective or um, something like that, um, and just just so that we don't uh, only have um, an event where everyone just brings an army that can kill, um, but also yeah just just like a balanced rules pack yeah. What what heroes do you tend to see? It, it's a pretty it's a pretty big variety um I, I would say that we tend to see more lord of the rings armies um so if if it's like elves we we see you know um glorfindel a lot um like lost outland in um um there's there's a contingent yes, of players who are uh insistent on Kelleborn. <laughs> they're like make Kelleborn work again <laughs> has, has, yeah hashtag make Kelleborn great again <laughs> and let me guess a lot of the complaints are about the horse aspect of, of him I would imagine um, so. yeah that's usually my complaint <laughs> um, okay. well, you, you know if anybody got a horse it would be Galadriel on the horse just because that's mm -hmm. the way the dynamics work and that marital relationship so. <laughs> yeah, my after, wife was that after powerful Galad yeah, after Galadriel gets the horse then maybe Celeborn will get a horse that'd be a really <laughs> interesting Not marriage before. like how, how, do you, how do you have a woman that powerful you're just like alright yeah whatever you want <laughs> yes sweetie yep I'll get through it absolutely I don't know I, I exist in one of those marriages she can read my thoughts <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah that, well, that, that's why I'm saying I happily exist in one of those marriages because <laughs> Jen can read my thoughts. Um, so what, what is a common points value you guys kind of have over in, in your area? Like what, what, what do you tend to see? Um, um, so for, for lower points, um, like general, generally one-day events, 
it can be anywhere from uh, 350 to 600. Um, just the ones that this low enough where we'll be able to get, um, we'll try to get more than three games in, in a single day. Um, and then for two day events, larger um, five game uh, tournaments, it'll usually be, we haven't done under 800 in a while. So 800. And then recently we tried out a thousand at um, just our last event before COVID. So um, yeah, I would say those are the most common points of values. I would just say 800, like is yeah, yeah. it for all our um, main headers, like, so most of the competitive tournaments that we practice for and all that um, will build like an 800 list. That's probably yeah. the gold standard. It does seem to be going in that direction where most tournaments are now. Now, are you guys a fan of it being 800 or do you kind of wish it was, because I know I've spoken to some people and, and, and they wish that it would go down a little bit. So you'd have more tournaments where it makes you make a decision on if you really want this hero or if you want that hero, you don't get everything that you want kind of a concept. Do you guys kind of wish that it was lower points more often? I, I think 800 is a good points level for me. Cause you get to get some toys mm -hmm. and uh, you do still have some decision-making to do. Um, I think a thousand points is where I start saying, okay, you might as well bring the whole list in the book. <laughs> Um, so there's no point in that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with I agree with the 800. Like it's like a lot of these hordes we're talking about, like Goblin Town or even Rangers of Athelion. Yeah, that's where they get I feel aggressive. like eight 800 is when you can get things to counter that, if that makes sense. So 800, you can add some magic without hurting your numbers too much. 800, you can add some monsters or things like that. So that's why I like 800 too. Like I don't know, the American team. It seems like 800 is the way to go. We're generally um, about bigger points, and I've seen it overall. And it, it depends largely on the tournament. More tournaments in like the British meta are more like lower 700, 650, 600. Um, I couldn't speak on like the Australian meta or anything. Unfortunately, I've never been there. <laughs> but yeah, like I see, I see British events, and they're like, oh, 400. Yeah, I just go, exactly. I go, why? Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't well, sound like fun. I <laughs> well, wonder. That's I mean, probably really fun. Elders going like... around wrecking everyone. Hobbits, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's like, <laughs> I mean, I would happily play in a 400 point tournament where I was going to, you know, drive 50 minutes to a half hour and spend a day doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's, I think there are a lot of tournaments in the UK that are like that. But in the US, yeah. just because we're so it's much like more dispersed, and I assume Canada is the yeah. same way. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, drive four hours or, you know, fly to go to a 400 point tournament. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is the real big key difference. Like you mentioned, cause I'm mean, like, you can fit Britain in Florida. So like, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I think, I think that's, I like this cause I was actually talking with my group the other day. I think that's why we have so many metas in North America. It's because we are semi-isolated from each other. We're not seeing each other every single yeah. month, like playing each other, each other, each other, or like countering. Because most most yeah. competitive list building is actually countering other things. So like, I think that's the joy of like the North American meta. Mm -hmm. Like even y'all talk about siege weapons. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like actually, even Matt, yeah. Matt's special things. Like we all have something different, which is cool. That actually is contributing to. Uh, and this goes into a question I'm going to ask you guys is um, when we first did Nova, it was the first time you really saw Americans sort of come together. And so we, we were kind of like a bunch of small ponds. Like you ever hear that big fish in a small pond. It's like, we all thought we were good at the game, but then the British podcast crew came over and just crushed us twice. And we're like, we do not know how to play this game. Did you guys <laughs> at all feel like 
there was a different level of play when you came to Nova or it was kind of like where you where you're back. Oh, and to, to preference this, they got fourth and fifth at Nova last last time it was going on. Yeah. And you all had like one or one or two in the top yeah. ten also also besides you guys too, right? Yeah, because you guys came down with like four or five players, right? It was like um yeah, there's five of us. Yeah. So when you went there, there was there was the American level of play, like what you expected? Was it pretty much mirroring what you saw in Vancouver? Um, well, I'd say the the first Nova, uh, it, it definitely felt like um, it was a lot. It was a lot more competitive um, at Nova uh, when we came down in 2017. Um, so not the very first Nova, but the first one you attended. First one, yeah, yeah first yeah, one I attended. Okay. But but the the most recent one in 2019, I think, I I, I don't know about Richard. I I, I think it's pretty um, the the variety, of, like the the range of skills in army that it's I saw were pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's not that different. Is that because you guys are getting better or are we just getting worse? <laughs> we're staying here. They're going here. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Americans. We're, we got to do better than this. <laughs> well, I mean, Nova's a big enough place so that you tend to meet a kind of variety of skill sets there, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the level of play that you're at in like the first couple rounds is definitely much different from the level of play that you meet in the last two rounds. And I, I, I think like last Nova wasn't as competitive too because you were missing the likes of Andrew Brock, Marcel, Derek Winters from the North Carolina group. Like those three, you usually see top 10 at every Nova and you were missing like the whole North Carolina group, which is, which is pretty competitive too and stuff. Yeah, Not saying that that wasn't competitive there, well, but I felt like there wasn't as many. It was also expanded too, wasn't oh, it? Oh, way. You're right. Actually, yeah. yeah. So the, the last Nova that came we were totally shocked by how many players I didn't recognize uh, from the roster. Cause I know all the, the top players in America and it was like, everyone was getting locked out because there was so many new players like signing up for Nova that, I mean, it was a huge majority of our players here in DC who couldn't sign up for the event. It was totally locked out. And I'm like trying to fill spaces. Yeah. We, um, we easily could have had a 100 person tournament if we wanted to. And it was just, yeah that's why the north carolina crew the entire crew couldn't sign up for the event like we were shocked because i think that Nova sold, sold out. out in like two days like yeah it was gone yeah. probably like I mean, less we, than 48 hours we were waiting for yeah. like the minute when it opened and then we signed up and mm. yeah and got it done. it was not something we were like oh yeah it looks like nova's open uh yeah i'll get around to that <laughs> you know, that, that didn't work yeah <laughs> that that was actually even way faster than my own expectations. Cause I don't advertise Nova a lot anymore. Like it just sort of like, all right, you know, cap it at 86 and we'll go from there. But yeah, that's why yeah, you might've felt that it wasn't as competitive the next year because a lot of it was new players. Like we we'd like just got flooded with, or at least players I didn't recognize. Some of them were new faces, but they weren't like inexperienced at the game, but just, yeah, it's something to know going forward. I need more terrain so I can, you know, uh, host more players at Nova. So okay, uh, we'll move on to the next question. Um, so, how often does you guys' group meet up that you play with? Is it like once a week, once a month, every few weeks? They have a tournament every month. Well, a tournament yeah. every month, but I, I guess yeah. um, if I, I would say 
outside like of a tournament. how active it is? Yeah, kind of like, so like if you guys meet up for like practice games, how often does that kind of happen with you guys? I think, I think we have um, like probably half, half the um, gaming group um, would be meeting up for games every week, every weekend, uh, pre-COVID. Um, but I would say the other half in our tournaments just kind of trickle in, mm-hmm. you know, just for tournaments or uh, every other tournament. So um, it's a wide range. So if you if you had a um, a day like a week a weekend day that you, you all met up, how many people are usually there per per week? Would you say? Well, I I think um, like Matt alluded to earlier, um, Canada is very large. So even in the greater Vancouver area, we have s- several smaller groups. Um, I, I think um, like each group would maybe. Uh, contain around five to six players. Um, okay, so you have a frequent enough people where you're, you're you get to play different people every week. You're not playing the same person every single week, kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like like Richard and I, we live kind of close to our local games workshop. So sometimes we'll meet there. They'll have two or three tables for us, and then some people who don't live close to a hobby store, they'll just um, they'll just meet in each other's homes and just play games in their basement and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to ask, um, what is the general theme in your area? Do you kind of have more competitive players than themey players? Do you have kind of in between? What, what, what's kind of the, 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 the types of players in your area? Which is- Red alliances everywhere. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> is, is, it, is it more, and I know that you guys have said, you know, Rich, you're more competitive, and Charles, you said you're more themey. Is there more Charles's in the group, or are there more Richards? What, what, what do you guys say in general or is it kind of in between um well i think that theme is pretty common here uh, even for uh, even for like some of us who are more competitive will 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 we'll like to do themeless um but but yeah theme is theme is really big here we have um narrative events we have like siege siege games and stuff like that so um it's definitely I'd say I say that a lot of people prefer to bring like a pure list or a legendary legion, um, but then you'll also see lists that are maybe convenient alliance or not not necessarily thematic. So, so you're not there, seeing there's any a red mix. at all. I, I I don't know if we've seen a red yet. Man, I got to yeah. fly to Vancouver. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so so after hearing that. Rich, do you kind of wish there were a couple more competitive players to push you a little bit further, or are you kind of happy with the scene that's currently around you at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's always a welcome um, having more competitive players. Like, I think that's why I enjoyed going to Nova so much, just being able to um, find all these other competitive players. Um, Because the way I see it is that Nova um, had a very similar population of like um, distribution of competitive versus non-competitive players. It's just, there's just more people there. Um, Cause there was a lot of players at Nova that I guess looked like they weren't necessarily there to win, but they were bringing fun competitive or fun and theme lists. So same thing as um, where we are, but um, yeah, it's always nice to have more competition. Um, last question I got for you guys. Um, when you notice new players kind of join your group or join the area, 
what is the reason they tend to get into it? Is is it for, you know, like you said, you have the giant games where you have like the sieges. Is it because someone's just interested in the way the models look? They're interested in Lord of the Rings in general, want to get into it. What, what do you guys notice when new players are coming on of why they're tending to get into the game? Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the main reasons is they just love Lord of the Rings. So we have the we have like a Helm's Deep siege day every every year, and we just have a couple of people come, and then they they'll buy the starter set after they play through um, the siege with us, and then we also have people who are just coming from like 40k and Age of Sigmar, and they they just like a competitive game, and they just want to find another game that they can go to tournaments um, and play in tournaments. Um, I yeah, I, I think I think there's a there's a mix there's a mixed variety of reasons um why people would join our group um yeah yeah so you use this technique where we would have alex Wright. um he would make huge beautiful displays and then we bring them to games workshop and then purposely play on these amazing boards and everyone be like i want to play on that and we'd be like well Got to play Lord of the Rings. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're cool enough to hang with us, but uh, I guess like, you can buy that starter set and find out. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're kind of a big deal around here. So <laughs> I like that idea of like the hell the, the siege of Helm's Deep Day. Tell me a little bit about how you run that. Um, yeah, so um, a few years ago, I I built a eight by four um, Helm's Deep, and and. Uh, Right now is stored um, at another person in our group, um, his basement. But he would bring it over uh, each day, uh, each each year, once a year, and we'd get like four or five good players and four or five good evil players, and we would just we would just um, play it out over, throughout the day. And the store manager would promote it, post it on Facebook, um, you know, tell people about it. And so we have a lot of people who um, didn't know that there was a game for Lord of the Rings or didn't know that the game has come back with a new edition and they'll just drop by. They might ask us questions about the rules, just completely unrelated to the game that's going on. They'll just walk over and they're like, Oh, I played back in like 2003. Is the game still the same? And uh, so it gets conversation going, even if they're not actually participating in the game, which, which is like, which is like great. Um, Cause we've had a, a couple of people show interest um, and then, come to our tournaments because they saw our game at Games Workshop. I have have a question for you guys in the competitive scene. Um, Do you guys as a group travel to other events and compete not as individuals, but compete like as a group? I know like uh, with my Philly group and the the DCHL with Devons, like that's, we come at each other, you know, Devin. We come at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like we it's do. Like, we okay, actually have a we've... little friendly rivalry where all of DC yeah. will like conquer a Philly tournament. And the Philly guys oh, will come so and conquer funny. a DC tournament. We, we went to a DC tournament and we got like first, second, third, and we were like, "We're the best. We're the best." And like two weeks later, they took first, second, third at ours, and we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just... "But, but do you guys have that like friendly competition?" I would say with maybe the Portland or Seattle, Seattle, or I know like you've gone to Adepticon. You both came to. Uh, Nova the last time it was attended and like did really well all of you guys in your group did really well do you guys compete like as a group when you go travel I think um, it's easier with the local scene like you uh, alluded to um, with Seattle and the Portland guys I think they're 
a bit more new than us. So they're still growing their groups, but they got a couple competitive players. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely have some trash talk in before tournament <laughs> starts, well, whether we're going like Portland or Seattle or something, or they're coming up, they're like, Oh, we're invading the North. And then when we're going down, we're like, you know, we're reenacting the, a war of 1812, we're going to, you know, come invade the States. So. <laughs> <laughs> you pretend, you pretend yes, the war, war of Canada. <laughs> we did win that one, by the way. You just find a White House and you burn it down. I'm sorry, which one? Oh, Okay. Um, unless anybody has any other questions, uh, we're going to move on to the duel. For Man, those week. are all softball questions. I wanted the drama. The, <laughs> the Tell me, who's the guy you guys hate? Yeah, like, what's guy. going on? Give me the dirt. No, who's I'm the not. nastiest person you've ever played? Put him on black. Devin, who just sucks at the game? Who just sucks? <laughs> I, I mean, I have to say, the idea of, like, the nastiest Canadian would probably be, like, you know, Probably a pretty decent guy to have as a neighbor <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> you know, he, no, he I, did, hear, I hear Rich. He just didn't apologize quite as much as the other guys did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you guys agree? Let's all agree. Rich, are you the nastiest Canadian? You say sorry only twice during a game instead <laughs> oh. of the traditional 10 times. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh. You're not too far from the truth. Right <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so we're going to move into the duel. Uh, we're going to have Rich go against Matt. For anybody who hasn't listened to the duel before, essentially what we've decided is it's a – imagine you were at a uh, tournament and, you know, you're given a random scenario and you're given a random board and then you find out who your opponent is. So we wanted to try to recreate that to see, you know, how you would react to that environment. So earlier on in the week, I gave uh, Rich and Matt three random scenarios, which were heirlooms seize the prize and retrieval and then shortly they're going to go over their lists and they're going to tell you what it is as if they were to come to the table and see what it is and then i'll reveal the board to them as well and then they're going to go through a hypothetical game where they try to convince both or convince rainier charles and devon why they would win that game uh, it's going to be an 800 point game so we'll go over um, the list real quick. So Matt, if you want to go over your list, oh, and uh, can I ask one little question? Did you guys bring your lists to reflect y'all's meta? What you guys usually see or take? Is, is that is that? I imagine true? brought a competitive list. <laughs> well, so. I, I mean, yeah, I, I did. Maybe. I mean, to the extent there's a New England meta, and you know. Yeah. At least for the last few months, the New England meta has been like me playing Evan and Evan playing me. I have a lot. Uh, that is a good meta. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we. Uh, yeah, so that that's what I've done. I don't know. I don't know if Richard like went outside the the Western Canadian meta or not. Rich, I expect nothing but great competitive lists from you. Um, this is something that I think I would um, build, and then I tweaked it a bit given the um, the possible scenarios. All right, perfect. Okay, so uh, Matt, if I'm you voting know. for Rich. I'm done. <laughs> Rich, I, he already paid me, so like yeah. it's, it's just done. Sorry, Matt. Transactions all. Uh, I can still be bought. Don't worry. See, this is this is what happened in the War of 1812 too. We were we were ruined by the fifth column from the inside. It's true. Well, here here's the nasty like history that's going to actually betray you guys. In 1812, my family was actually Canadian. 
Nova Are you Scotia. just every nationality right here? Let's be honest with you. I'm, I'm everything. I'm everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I got to join you guys. I'm sorry. The multicultural sure South Korean. that is Rainier's history, yeah, <laughs> cultural history. Yeah, we're going to have an episode of What Are You? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Rainier? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, then they see South Korea. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, th- th- at, at this point of the duel, this is essentially where everybody gets to. Um, and, you know they get to see their opponent. And they go, okay, so this is what they're taking. So Matt, if you want to go over your 800 point list for this duel, all right. So um, uh, I actually did not end up varying my list at all based on the scenario selection. That's um, a confident statement right there. He goes, you know, yeah, what? I had my list. There we go. I had I had my list and I I stuck with it. And um, first, uh, we have a big giant bird. Uh, we have Gua here. <laughs> He's Hero never been used on this before. I know. Yeah, I know. You've been ta- you've been talking about Gua here quite often, Matt. I was like, I bet. I even I told my Philly is. group. I was like, there's a duel. I bet Matt's bringing Gua here. I'm, I'm, bring, I, I'm, I'm bringing pretty, the bird. I think everyone thinks now Gua here's the uh, United States meta. Like, well, he's <laughs> used just, half remember, the duels. We've where it started. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, number two. Probably not another surprise. Galadriel, Lady of Light. <laughs> um, yeah, who I who, who topped my list of, of number one figures to to bring when we did that. So uh, obviously she was going to show up. Um, and then we get into the Army of Lake Town package, which yep. is the three hundred point or so package. The first warband is the Master of Lake Town, and with him is uh, four Lake Town guard with bow, uh, five Lake Town guard with spear. And then four Lake Town guards who just run around with their swords. Then next we have Braga, captain of the guard. With him are four Lake Town guard with uh, bow, four Lake Town guard with spear, and four regular Lake Town guard. And of course, Alfred the counselor. And accompanying him are four Lake Town guard with spear, four Lake Town guard, and three Lake Town guard with bow. And then rounding out this list, uh, we have another, my, my number two most useful uh, figure, and that's Legolas Greenleaf, Prince of Berkwood, on a horse. And with him are a, uh, a handful of elves. He's got um, one Merkwood elf with a glaive and a banner. He's got one Merkwood elf with a glaive and a bow. He's got one Wood Elf Sentinel just to throw in a few extra little tricks in there uh, and an extra bow and an Elven Cloak and one Mirkwood Calvary just to give me a little bit of uh, horsey potential. Uh, So this comes in at 46 models, um, 13 bows, and uh, I'm just going to kind of tally up the might here. Um, I have three, six, eight, 14 might plus whatever Alfred can give me and whatever bonuses I can get out of Braga's four plus, I call it for free rule. Is that 800 points? That is 800 points. Hmm. <sighs> is it, right. is it too late to uh, sub Charles in? <laughs> <laughs> this is a list that clearly. It's a very confident statement there, Matt. How are you going to deal you, with that? <laughs> you said how many, how many models, Matt? Uh, this has forty six. Forty six models. Yeah. And the heroes are Braga, Alfred, Master, Lady of Light, Guahir, Guahir, and Legolas. 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 That's 
That's How disgusting. How do you get 46 models with that hero, Ray? Like, <laughs> All right. Army Lake Town. Army Is this the, li- the list that Evan brought? It, he was going to bring this to Articon or something, right? Something. something uh, like that? Well, uh, I, I I suspect something looking like something this like will it. show okay. up in Evan's hands at some tournament yeah. here. And I mean, not that I wouldn't want to bring it. It's just yeah, that we don't have two of all of these figures. And well, you know. well, Articon rules anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. So okay, so not a confidence start for uh, <laughs> for Rich, but Rich, if you want to go over your list, come on, Rich, for... you can do it. Canadian pride. This is a Goblin Town cup. cup. <laughs> so after we'll reading the I decided to go with Goblin Town. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, so my leader is um, I have Saruman on horse, and in his warband we have Grima on horse, um, and also two Kribane. and then in the next warband we have Melthasaron on armored horse, leading. Uh, three Moranin orcs with shield, uh, two Moranin orcs with spear and shield, one with spear shield banner, uh, five orc warriors with shield, three orc warriors with spear. And then in the next warband, we have Garitz um, leading three black Numenorians, uh, four orc warriors with shield, three orc warriors with spear. And in the last warband, we have the Mahud King with war camel, shield, and Warspear, leading two Mahood Raiders with Warspear and Blowpipe, and uh, three Half-Trolls, um, to a total of 36 models and 10 Might. And, yeah. So, that's, that's... and just to repeat here, you said Mouth of Sauron, Saruman, Grima, uh, and the final heroes are Mahood King. And Guritz. And Guritz. Okay, so you you both went this whole route of screw historical accuracy within the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we came to a tea party and you guys showed up for a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we could let, let's hype, let's, you know, uh, let, you know, Lady of Light, Legolas, and uh, Guahir all heard that Smog is attacking, so they decided to come and help out, you know, and, and they were all in the movie. They were all Sar- there. Saruman Everyone defected was in, the in the Hobbit era, also too. So, like that. <laughs> so, if I if I'm making sure you have how many half trolls and how many camels? Uh, three half trolls and two camels. Three half trolls, two camels. You so have a lot of black. How many black Numenorians? Uh, three black Numenorians. Okay. Okay. And now uh, I'm assuming you, you, you have, have an have, angry have... dog in your army because I hear it. No, that, yeah. that's Matt's well, Easterling dog. That's he's got his. He's got his Easterling. Exactly you have how, how many Moranins? You have Moranins too. Uh, yeah, I have six Moranins. Okay. okay, I'm trying to like piece together your force in my head because it almost feels like you have these like sparse warbands that are like <laughs> kind of sprinkled in. But you do have Girls. 36 models, and you also high defense on a majority on the army. So. 36, you said right? Yep, that's okay. correct. All right, so I guess we right. got for him, Tim. All right, so we're going to show the board next. Um, so I'm going to show that to them now. Um, this is the board we're going to be using for this week. For anybody that's not um, watching, it is essentially a snow town where um, you got a bunch of houses dispersed throughout the map. You know, you have two in corners, uh, three, I'll say four in the middle, kind of, one in the back. Um, you got two little frozen ponds couple what appears to be i believe lake town little uh 
you know, walking points, or maybe that's Goblin Town with snow on it, actually. Uh, you got some trees with some snow on it, all dispersed around the map. And so it's kind of, it's kind of a... Pretty standard board. Yeah, it's pretty, sta- it's, it's not yeah. open, it's but there's it's a not, lot of, not There's open. a lot of scattered terrain, though. Yeah. Yeah. It seems. Definitely not good for a mummock. But. Nope, so, not good for a moment. What are those? What are those white? Are those like ponds there? Yeah, the I think they're snow? frozen ponds. Those are frozen right. ponds. So like, it's up to you, like guys, whether it, that should be difficult terrain or not. Oh, or well, just I don't know. Woods. Having walked on a few frozen ponds in my time, I think they're definitely difficult terrain. <laughs> um, All right, so so we'll say uh, the, unless we got ice skates. I mean, if we have ice skates, <laughs> maybe you go quicker. So no, maybe my break off a sword, has, put it yeah. to your feet. As yeah, the, the Canadian Army, we can Canadian yeah, Army break. can probably go through it as normal. <laughs> he gets that advantage. He, he, yeah. he uses the so nationality cool. bonus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those those are kind of in almost uh, opposite corners. One's in the top right. One's kind of in the middle, uh, bottom left, and um, a bunch of little trees dispersed. Some of them in the middle to break up the open plain. Um, so uh, the three scenarios that were given to them as a possibility were um, heirlooms, seize the prize, and retrieval. And I have decided that we are going to go with retrieval for this game. Um, so what what are the right. initial reactions to retrieval based on you guys' armies? What this one was the one I was, in ho- I was not hoping for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm happy with retrieval. I think I think despite the fact that he's got two Crabanes, I've got bird superiority mm-hmm. with uh, Gua here. So, um, um, yeah, I'm so, happy with retrieval. So for for retrieval, in case anybody hasn't played it, um, essentially what you have is you start 15 inches from opposite corners, and you kind of have um, these this three little there's uh, three inch uh, three inches in the middle on each side as like a little line. And, and this, by the way, this is a diagonal line. So yes, diag- you're, you're slicing the board as if you would slice a sandwich in a hoity-toity reference, uh, restaurant. So like from one corner to the other. So the center line is not as you normally would play it, but it's a diagonal center line running across yes. the board. So you have, you have an objective 15 inches from the corner, and both forces start three inches from the center line, up to three inches from the center line. And so they basically start off real close to each other, can charge each other almost immediately. Um, the game ends on a one or two. Um, uh, the game, and then the points are one victory point if your opponent's relic has been moved from its original position. Three if it has um, been put in your deployment zone. Five if uh, you have moved it off of the board edge in your deployment zone. I'm sorry, I apologize, I misread that. Uh, it has been moved originally as one point. Um, if you receive, if you retrieve your opponent's relic, you get three. If you move it onto your board edge, it's five. If you get it off your board edge in general, it's seven. You get uh, one victory point for causing a wound on the leader. You get two if you kill them. You get one victory point if you break the force. You get three if you break them without being unbroken. Uh, there is a special rule, which is the relic, and it's treated as a light object. Uh, relic is to be considered retrieved if at the end of the game it has been carried by a friendly model. Um, if a relic has been picked up by an enemy model and it's then subsequently dropped or retaken by a friendly model, then the player must try 
to return it to its original position as quickly as possible until it has been picked up by an enemy model. So essentially, if you you can put back your objective in within your 15-inch spot. So if you kill someone with the model, you can bring it back to your 15-inch spot and try to make them get it back. So it's kind of like capture the flag to an extent where if you were to you know stop the person with the flag, the flag goes right back to your base, but you have to physically take it there kind of a thing. Um, so we'll go over... Uh, starting positions so uh, let me... but before we do that ref just refresh my memory on the victory points again it's, it's uh, how many points for the so the relic is what three five and seven depending on whether you, or so, one three five and seven depending on what you do with it yes one three five seven one for wounding the leader two for killing and one for breaking three for breaking without being unbroken right okay got it um so i have a dice right here i'll roll to see who gets it before we do that, mm -hmm. where is Grima being assigned? Ooh. You have to do that before. Yeah, I guess you have to do it before. Yeah, I think you got to do it before you roll priority or um, side choice and all that stuff. You got to figure out who gets Grima. Yeah. How, so, how Grima is being deploy deployed. Um, so I think because of you having no offensive magic. Um, you don't have a wizard, right? It's just... Uh, Do not have a wizard. Yep. Okay. So I think I would stick it with um, um, the master. The master's warband. Master's warband. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So I will roll to see who deploys first. And it is Matt. You are deploying first. I'm deploying first. So I get to pick... Um, I get to pick a slice here. How do I want to do that? Um, so I suspect, all right, so we're counting those pawns as, all right, so I think I am going to take the, uh, corner, um, that is basically in the front left of the picture. The one that has kind of the house in the back and the, um, the pond kind of off to the left. And uh, then um, that gives uh, Richard, I guess the, the really big pond uh, on the right there. Okay. So are you, are you saying, so you're going to start on the left side on the going... left, left front. Left front, okay. All right, which ha has a, a small, for those listening at home instead of watching, has a, uh, a frozen pond, which we're calling difficult ground, kind of to the left of about where I'm assuming the, the relic would deploy. So the, there's a pond covering the left-hand flank, whereas the one on the right has a, has a bigger frozen pond. It may be that the relic is actually um, starting... I don't in know if the pond be or, it. Probably or, be or at least very it. near the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Matt, uh, what is your first war band and where would you put it? Uh, let's see. So uh, I think the first uh, war band that I am putting down is the uh, master. And I think the master is going to go probably just in front of the uh probably just in front of the relic 
just in front of the relic. Okay. Yep. And then, and then the Agrima presumably goes down with the master. Mm-hmm. So I deploy it right after you. Yep. Um, if you're going to be um, in front of the relic, I'm going to just plop down right on the relic. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, Matt. Uh, your next war van. Uh, so my next, uh, my next war band is going to be, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, my next war band is going to be Braga and he is going to, uh, pop down probably right where the master is. And then three of his dudes are just going to surround Grima so that Grima can't move. Okay. Uh, where are you going to go, Rich, for your next war band? Um, so I think I would go um, Saruman with uh, the two Curbane. Mm-hmm. And I think I would just um, deploy on the far house um, right near the top. Um, no, no, the opposite one. Oh, okay. So like right uh, here? No, no, that's where Matt's deploying. Oh, I apologize. So it'd be so, the top. Not that uh, one. He, he means the one. Nope, the other one. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> right now, go to the right. Jesus, Tim. I'm not like, I'm not kidding it. Top right. Top, top right. No, left more. Like closer to the Thank middle you. line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm so, hoping everyone saw the mouse cursor on the screen. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> be confused. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so I would I would kind of hide him a little bit behind the building there with the the two curbing. Okay. Uh, Matt, your next warband? Uh, okay. So my next warband is probably going to be Alfred the Counselor, and he's also going to deploy somewhere in the center area um, there with the rest of my, my Lake Town mob. Um, he's just going to make sure that he is outside of... Um, uh, although, actually, let's see. So Grima only, only deals with might. So, all right. He's just going to be in the center because Alfred's going to dump his will and it doesn't really matter if uh, for Grima's purposes. Okay. Um, and then, um, I'll go with the Mouth of Sauron. Um, so that's the bigger warband and that would just be uh, in the near the center line um, in front of the lake. Okay. And Matt, you're remaining? Uh, let's see. So I think Legolas is going to be somewhere in the center where he has decent shots on. Well, actually, is all of your army out at this point, Richard? Uh, no, I have Garitz's Warband and the Mahood King. Garitz's Warband and the Wood King. Uh, all right. So I think probably the next thing that I'm going to deploy is I'm going to deploy Galadriel Lady of Light, and she's going to kind of deploy near the mob um, in front of um, Grima and. Um, uh, yeah, in in, in 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 front of Grima, but outside of uh, six inches of him. Um, yeah, so that's glad Lay of Light goes. Okay, Rich, your next war band? Um, <clears throat> so I would put, I think, the Mahood King um, on the uh, on the other side of the bottom house near the middle, um, just as a small flanking force. So where the where the green dice, around where the green dice is. Okay. Uh, Matt, your next one. 
Um, so I am, I think, going to put Gway here within 12 inches of Galadriel, also within 12 inches of that small flanking force of Mahud that uh, uh, Richard just put down somewhere near the center, glaring at a camel. <laughs> All right, and Rich, your last war, man? Um, so I think Garitz um, will be on the other side, just on the other side of that house. So still in the middle section, but um, closer closer to the Mahood King. Okay, Matt, you got anything left? Uh, yeah, I got Legolas and his warband. So they're kind of going to deploy somewhere near the middle. Um, and uh, I think, uh, remind me, Richard, you don't, you don't have any bows? Am I right about that? I got uh, two blowpipes. Two blowpipes. That's be afraid. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, Legolas is going to be kind of toward the right, uh, with his elves kind of back toward the center to back up the the um, the Lake Towners, um, and then uh, the Mirkwood Cavalry is going to be kind of far right as a uh, as a flanking force there. So you guys are pretty spread thin, if I'm understanding this right. No, like, most okay. of my stuff, most of my stuff is in the center. Okay. Gway here is is kind of facing off on his own against some camels, but you know, back more than you know, ba- basically within twelve and outside of ten of them. And I've got a cavalry that's kind of off to one side that can do a a flanking move and both make your him forces, chase me down. Both your battle lines are like towards the middle near each other. Yeah, but they have to be six inches apart. But yeah, from uh, and, and I'm back further. I'm probably back a foot from the center line because I'm back kind of near the relic. You're in front of the relic or behind it? I, I'm like, ju- I, I'm you know probably you know six inches in front of the relic. So you use blob is somewhere shooting. You you are absolutely. Yes. How far away are you from his army? You're twelve inches. You said I'm probably closer to. I'm probably closer to like fifteen inches away from his army. Away. Okay, yep. so you're deploying back to maximize shooting, yep, and deploying around that house so that way you can shoot at his army pretty evenly. I see. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Um. So, if you guys want to go ahead and discuss how you would play this game out, and then uh, Charles and Devin and Rainier will decide who would win this. So, Matt, if you want to go over real quick how you would kind of handle this game. All right, so I think the first thing that happens is Gway here channels Fortify Spirit and casts it on the bird. Um, and Lady of Light. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Galadriel Lady of Light. Uh, and then she's going to be kind of hanging out behind that house where Saruman, and Saruman basically can't see her to attack her with any magic, and she'll dart out when she needs to. The second problem I need to do with her is I need to solve the... Um, the Grima problem, which Richard cunningly dropped Grima on top of uh, uh, the relic seeking to grab it. So I, you know, that's why, and which something I didn't see coming, right? So I would have said one of my guys will stand on the relic. Yeah. um, (laughs) Um, Which, which may have been the case anyway, but I'll, you know, I'll I'll give him the point for that. Um, So I think what I need to do is I need to, I need to trap him in so he can't move uh, on the first turn. And if necessary, I will spend a point of might with somebody just outside of six inches of Grima in order to uh, get a heroic move in and do that. Um, that locks him in for the first turn. Then I think the second turn, um, Galadriel, Lady of Light, moves up within six inches of him and casts Instill Fear. to, And then one of my guys will kind of move out of the way, and that will blow him off the objective, uh, hopefully. If not, I'll just move in, trap him, and do it again. Once he's off the objective, I'll just have a guy stand on it, and I'll just surround him someplace 
someplace toward the back of the board where he can't uh, deal with anything uh, or can't interfere with anything. Um, and then, um, so Legolas and Gwei here are going to go uh, deal with heroes and Saruman. So obviously Legolas, it, Legolas is probably going to stay around that central house where he can kind of um, dart out to, if Saruman is exposing himself, uh, he's going he's gonna to dart off or get it in range where he can auto shoot Saruman's horse to take him off his horse. I think next target is going to be the Mahud King's camel. Um, Gwei here is going to be looking for targets of opportunity because once he's fortified spirit, I don't think there's really anything that can effectively deal with Gwei here in Richard's army. Um, so I think Gwei here is going to be trying to pop off heroes on his way because uh, it doesn't sound... Do you, do you have much that's backed by your uh, objective, Richard? Uh, no. Yeah. All right. So I think what Gwei here may do is on the first turn, pop into something like a camel that he can get um, uh, and then do a heroic combat and be off for the relic. Um, did we decide that Matt would have priority the first turn to do all this? Or they, that's, well, that's I, I mean, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is, this is generally the plan. This may be the plan. Okay, this, this may be the plan that happens, you know, on the second turn, if I lose True. priority, so, okay. but, but yeah, that, I mean, that's what Gwehir's job is going to be is he's going to instill ter terror in those camels, make those camels move away from him. If the camels don't move away from him, he'll go in and tag yeah. one of them in heroic combat off. If not, he's going to continue to kind of move forward and start. To, I mean, basically, Gwehir's job is just to solo toward the relic. And I think once he's got channeled Fortify Spirit on him, um, he's going to be pretty tough to stop. Uh, but that's that's his job. Um, I mean, he's going to stay away from big mobs of guys, um, but he can pick around the outside. And you know, if he can. If he can nab Saruman, he'll nab Saruman. If he can uh, nab the Mahud King, he'll nab the Mahud King on his way to working back uh, toward the objective. And the rest of my guys are going to kind of cluster around the front of my objective, get the most shooting I can. Um, I've got a nice terrain piece to the left of the uh, objective to kind of block off that side. So I think I can kind of tie down my flanks between a house and that terrain piece and make you fight through a... Um, a fight for, well, it's not a shield wall, but a fight for two deep wall um, with a banner behind it. Well, a Braga banner. Okay. Um, and, and I know it'll be a little bit difficult, Rich, but do, do your best to give your strategy of this game, not taking as uh, into consideration what Matt had just kind of said. I, like, I, wow. I do have one, one, one real quick question. Um, what's the, the thing with the master? Is that passive or active? Uh, so that is, I'm pretty sure that's active. I'm pretty but, sure it's active as yeah, well. I'm pretty sure it's active. I mean, I have a banner in there anyway, just in case, but, uh, uh I mean, Braga's Braga's going to be fortified spirit or not Braga, but the master of Lake town mm -hmm. is going to be fortified spirit probably before the lines meet anyway. So, okay. So I guess my first, um, tactic is I want to, give Matt a false sense of security, you know, tell him how much I love the podcast and how, how much <laughs> Oh, the psychological warfare phase. I completely forgot that. Get, get him buttered up. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess 
regarding the uh, Grima thing, um, I think uh, I I do have the plant here, so um, I think with that you can call the heroic move. But I'm hoping to burn at least a mite or two um, off one of your heroes um, with something like that. And um, I guess if somehow throughout the game there's an opportunity to um, where you have to pull pull some some guys away from there maybe i can dart in and and grab the relic with grima and as long as i i feel like i'm holding it that's three victory points and uh which which means you would need to at least um do the same thing with the relic on my side or you have to break me and not be broken to tie me or so, i have to kill or i have to kill saruman uh, I think that's only two points, though. Well, yeah, no, no, if he I means kill it Saruman, then I can kill Grima. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so I, I guess with um, Guaihir, I think, yeah, like you said, that's probably my biggest um, weakness um, going up against your list. And I think the important part is trying to bubble wrap, um, bubble wrap my heroes, um, especially Saruman. And... I think also um, in my back line, instead of uh, packing them all together, I think I would try to spread them a little bit apart to try to prevent landing zones, um, especially behind my lines. So um, measuring out the distance, try to force your Gwai here to charge my front line because um, on two attacks and three attacks on the charge, um, I, I can only hope for you flopping rolls and having to burn might um, as soon as possible, because once you burn the might, um, it'll be harder for you to take down heroes and um, yeah, it could just kind of tarp at you. Um, I think, and then of course, with your shooting advantage, I'll have to march forward. So I have the mouth of Sauron and Garitz um, with uh, five points of might there. Um, and, and I think the important thing will be, um, getting the Mahud uh, Raiders and Half Trolls um, into, well, the Mahud Raiders uh, impact hit to kill your uh, Lake Town on fours. So I want to try to get a good, um, probably run around the sides and try to hide from your shooting a bit because um, you have a lot of shots. But if I can um, make it into combat, I think my impact hits will do decently. And then my Half Trolls, and Black Numenorians, I'll try to position in more the center of my battle line um, because I don't believe you have Fearless. Am I correct? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Yeah. And and half trolls are fight five, so I'll be backing up with spear supports and with a banner. I'm hoping to chew through a couple uh, Lake Town guys a turn. Um, and yeah, I think I think the Cribane will be mostly reactionary. Um, I might pull one back as like um, final defense against a guy here, um, just to delay him a little bit if it means sitting on my object objective. The other one, I think I want to be more aggressive with and maybe fly out and maybe try to help out Grima a little bit. Or if Legolas is being a nuisance, I can um, run into Legolas and hopefully tag him up for a couple turns so he's, he's not taking down my my uh, important targets. And I and 
I, I know the um, Fortify Spirit is really annoying because I have two spellcasters. So I think I would try to um, burn up the... Use up a lot of um, will to try to get some big casts um, as early as possible before you have fortified all your models. Um, so I, I guess the question for you is, in what order would you be um, fortifying your heroes? So I think, so the first one is Gua here, obviously. Um, I think the uh, second one is probably, um, uh, I guess the second one is probably Legolas. Um, and I think now that I'm looking at my list, I think instead of having, having to spend the second turn with Galadriel, Lady of Light, instilling spear, fear, I suspect the, I think Galadriel may move up within six inches uh, of him. And I think the, um, the Wood Elf Sentinel will uh, take a try at, um, I think the Wood Elf Sentinel can get um, Grima uh, away from the uh, relic. So maybe the second turn probably is Legolas. Um, and then after that, it may be depending on where the where the situation is. It may be Galadriel herself. If not, it's probably going to be um, uh, Master next, and then Braga. Okay. So, um, and Guahir is your leader. Guahir is the leader. Okay. And Guahir is Guahir is deep striking. Okay. And and you're fortifying him the first turn. He's first turn. He's getting a channel fortify spirit on him. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and, I, and, I, and Galadriel's kind of going to be behind that house. So I don't think there's going to be much you can do to mess with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think with Galadriel and, um, and Guahir kind of a little bit out of the picture um, mm -hmm. magic wise, I think um, Saruman might try to attempt something like a channeled uh, flame burst on uh, the master, because um, if I can take him down, I feel like um, my battle line, um, just shield wall line, would be able to rip through his um, Lake Town guys a lot easier, because um, I have fight four and fight five. Um, so Re I, remind I think, me what the range is on the channel flame burst, or on a um, flame burst rather. I think it's a six. Yeah. It's a six. You got, you got to be, remember, I'm starting, you know, master is going to be probably about 15 inches back. Right. But, yeah. but you were saying that um, you wouldn't fortify him until probably oh, yeah. like I mean, the yeah, third you or fourth could, turn. Yeah. You could probably, yeah, I mean, you could get Saruman up there. Saruman would have to kind of be in the, yeah, he, he would not be hanging back. if. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I would definitely have to move forward yep. with Saruman. Yeah. Yep. No, that's Does fair. Saruman that's have fair defense? He does. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then, how how would you? Uh, one question: How would you use uh, Saruman? Would you use Sorceress Blast or any of his? He has Compel too, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Would Would you use any of that besides the Flame Burst? Well, actually, to, to rephrase that question, um, what are the order, first three spells you cast in this game? What are you casting? Hypothetically, because I know like it, it could change. I know, yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, with your plan in mind, what what do you? Mm -hmm. And I understand you have the foresight knowledge of you know what Matt's going to cast, but yeah. I imagine it's not going to 
matter yeah it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that my first three spells will be fortify spirit fortify spirit <laughs> yeah fortify spirit. <laughs> well actually earlier you had instill fear which i was i, I had and then, on. and then i remembered i've got a um i've got a wood elf sentinel on the list so that, uh, <laughs> that solves that problem <laughs> so um you know what what are your first three spells you're casting um, and keep wait. in mind you have two spell casters so yeah. So yeah, what, what is the role of the mouth of Sauron too? I would ask as a counter or as a as an after question for that. He's going to come forward at the beginning, explain to me how I'm doomed, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to cut off his head. <laughs> yeah, and then Guayir's Guayir's going to lean down and bite his head off. Oh, Ra Rainier, um, the evil Saruman doesn't have heroic defense. Oh, okay. So it's just a good. Yeah. Um, does Does Saruman have a terrifying aura? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is. Okay. okay. So, so that's that's what I'd be casting first. Um, you channel it out of curiosity. Well, you no. never mentioned he no. would. I, I wouldn't. I think I'm no. A bit I mean, low I'm, just, on the mic. I'm just raising it because I mean, it's it's something to think about with Saruman in the situation, especially if you're going to be using him up front. Is um, channeling terrifying aura? Well, I, I'd I'd imagine as you told how you're going to deploy, you're probably going to have him like bodies where it's like at least two or three heroic combats in the way to get to him mm -hmm. yeah i don't we're assuming that richard's not gonna play terribly with Sarah no he's not gonna like put yeah. him like in the front and be like hey yeah <laughs> charge him into the, <laughs> the battle right, so so first three spells so first one is terrifying our second one and of course mention if you're going to channel anything yeah um so i think the it, it's hard because i think I think it would just be more reactionary. I think mm. um, there's no, I think, major targets. I think I'll, if there's anything I can um, Sorcerer's Blast, I will, but Matt probably won't make many mistakes there. Um, I, I can try Sorcerer's to... Sorcerer's Blast what? Um, just if I can get anything, like if there's any uh, models in front of heroes, um, like a uh, mounted leg loss, I can try to dismount or something like that. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't just blast a normal target. I don't think that would be. Um, yeah, that's why I ask because I assume you're not, you know, bowling yeah. through his army or something. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I, I think, or if I can um, somehow compel um, a model into in front of his uh, shooting line. So if he has a shooting block, I can move one of his guys in front of his archers to prevent. Um, the, some firing lines. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think that would be probably the go-to um, in the first couple turns. If I don't have a um, good sorcerer's blast target, I think yeah. I would just do command or compel. And um, your third spell is still reactionary. I assume just kind of along those two lines of so reactionary to what Matt does. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and for the mouth of Sauron, um, since the transfix won't be doing much, I would, probably save his will until um the lines uh connect and i would probably do instill fear to move some of his battle line and then i can get a better engagement right. you, you would use the mouth of sauron as a combat hero too right yeah yeah he's a mounted fight five hero and he's not he's not going to be doing much uh magic impact this game so hmm. definitely throw him in Okay, so okay. what we'll say is we'll go we'll go to each person. If you have any remaining questions, you can ask them there, and then uh, just give your opinion on based on what you've heard. 
who you vote for. So, uh, Rainier, I'll go to you first. So if you have any questions, ask them. If not, just who, who you one, one real question. Matt, how aggressive are you going to use Squaw here for the objective? Would you no. be willing to grab it and run off the board? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. if I grab it and run off the board, I win the game. So if if he if he doesn't commit significant forces to defending it, then Guajir so is he, going to go and he, grab the objective commits, and take it off the board. Oh, okay. And how aggressive um, are you? Said you had Lady of the Light behind a house. Are you going to keep her behind that? To- so if if that's the plan, then everything else is basically going to defend the flag. Right. I'm going to have my mob of guys sitting on and in front of the flag and Galadriel Lady of Light is going to be with that crew. Legolas is going to be with that crew. Um, Cause it sounds like the way he's deployed and the way he's saying he's attacking, you know, he, he is not playing defense. So Guajir may, you know, kind of threaten some guys on the way in may do a heroic combat off of somebody on the way in. Um, but then he is making a beeline for that relic. He's going to grab it and then he's going to either flap it off the board on his side, but more likely I'm going to try and flap it off the board, uh, you know, on my side of the, the sandwich, um, staying away from him. And, uh, you know, if, if, if I, if I devote Gwai here to getting seven points out of this scenario, that's fine with me and I'll make him kind of fight his way through the rest of my army to get anything done. Yeah, I think um, knowing that, like, it's just like all I can do is try to delay Guai here. And with what I have, like, whether it's like Kribane or just my my stray orcs, but um, yeah, I would try to just have to break him and you know distract him enough as well, so Grima has a chance to grab my relic first. So that that would be kind of my counterplay to that. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think y'all both are playing it pretty well to the list. I think Richard is would play it actually exactly how I would play it, just upfront everything. And I've I always rave about Gua here. He is the nastiest creature in this whole game, <laughs> in my opinion. And like even the idea, because if he throws himself into the Mahood, I would think, okay, Mahood King, half trolls, everything passes courage automatically surrounds him and kills him, potentially 50-50 on a dice off. For the strike, but the idea that he has rogue defense too is kind of like, oh. <laughs> but so who are you going with? But I like Richard's army better, a lot better actually, in a way, in the sense that I always talk about the core troops. What do you bring in the troop troop composition? I like your idea, Matt, and I like the the horde aspect of it. But I have played against a player, Samir. He brings Lake Guard all the time, and it just melts through like butter. And I think especially with what Richard is bringing, it's going to melt through like butter, particularly fa- fast. He can rogue combat with Gurritz, um, Mouth of Sauron, a whole bunch of his troop, his half trolls will just knock it down. So my only fear for Matt is actually he can delay Matt long enough with Gua here, break, break Matt's force, potentially grab the relic for what is it? Just one point because he moves it. And it would be a let's see, Matt would probably get to it five. One, two, one, two, three, four. Yeah, like that. That's I guess my route is just break him right away, end the game as quick as possible while delaying Gua here. And I think it's possible to do so, but I think I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I like that aspect. 
but just the idea of Gua here in this game is really good. Though I do like I do like the two flyers you have, Richard, and I do like Saruman, and just all the heroes you have can make really nice combinations to destroy this army and delay Gua here. But I think just with Gua here's so many point the points here are in the relic and the hero. And I think it's near impossible to kill Gua here. And it's very possible for Gua here to get the relic. So that's, I think, just in the scenario, I would slightly go towards Matt, but it would be like a 53, 47%, where it's just that, just that slight, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I know like I'm I'm giving both of you the benefit of the doubt because I've played Matt. I know Richard, you're really good. Like I know you guys aren't gonna make dumb mistakes, like isolate a hero. Or let someone heroic combat and kill a hero. Even Matt, he's not gonna, not gonna waste Gua here. So, seeing you both at the same level, and the scenario, I think I'd slightly tilt towards Matt. But but it, it would it would have to do mainly with the scenario. Okay, um, so that's one for Matt. Uh, Devin, where are you going with this? So um, there are a couple of interesting things to note. One, I thought Richard's idea of plopping Grima right on top of the objective is brilliant. I'm, you know, I imagine I feel bad for Matt because I imagine he would have countered that. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll, I'll so give him the I'll say. give him the props for that move too. Yeah. So, um, but so ultimately, without instill fear, and I mean, how, what's Grima's courage? Um, I think three, two, three, three or two, yeah. two or three. Let's assume. Well, I don't want to Dro- assume. Drop that by big, one. Yeah, it's two. Yeah, two. Yeah, so so he's so courage one. Courage one. <laughs> All right. So um, I think actually when, when Matt originally said he was going to cast Instill Fear, I thought, you know, that might be actually good for you because, you know, let's say take priority for some, you know, if Matt doesn't counter it, you, you don't have to dig up the relic, right? Like you just pick it up. Yeah, right? just pick it up. Yeah. So that could end up making it where it now leaves the origination point. So you do have the plant here. Matt will most likely see what's happening and he's going to call a heroic move, which you can't counter uh, unless you counter with uh, Saruman. Um, and I don't think you're going to do that just based on the way you're talking and style play. You can't, well, not counter with Saruman directly, probably someone else who's not calling a March. Cause you already said you'd go aggro. So, you'd have to counter with someone so that Saruman can transfix the Sentinel. But at no point in time during your spell casting, did that seem to be a concern for you? You seem to actually be going at uh, kind of actually unusually weak targets. You're dismounting Legolas, which I don't think Matt cares about. You're, you're hitting like targets of opportunity in a reactionary way. I, I actually think this spell casting could have personally, and maybe Rainier might. See, correct see, I, 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 I disagree with that heavily. Mm. Actually, I think Richard's, sure. Richard's main focus has to be delaying the heroes and the sense that he knocks Legolas off that delays the Legolas. I'm not saying he shouldn't, but oh no, but but like this this is like it would delay Legolas one turn to get the Mahood King destroying stuff, you know, and it's just that one, one thing that's needed or even the shooting in the initial. Okay. I can agree with the fact that he's, he's stopping shooting for at least. Yeah. Yeah. To stop shooting for one round, which actually you're only getting one round of shooting off anyways, because Richard has Calvary. So I think I like the idea of that because all of his targets that he talked about are for sure going to go through. He's not going to test it on Gua here knowing that he's, he's fortified and having, or like you, you could maybe disagree, but like everything, when I play this game, I'm always like, I'm not leaving a chance in every strategy I do. I want it to go off. 
I yeah. want like the positioning to be perfect. I want my spells to go off no matter what and be in the position for it. So I actually like that aspect. And it actually was tilting mm. me towards Richard in a way, because it's like Richard has so many tools and he has the ability to knock out one of the three tools that Matt has. Yeah. Um, where else, where, where Guahir can knock out one tool that Richard has, but Richard still has like three, maybe four or five tools if you include the, the warriors. So yeah. I, uh, that's where I just so like slightly just I do no and actually that that does convince me on the legless option just like okay yeah I can see where that would go except he would have to do that in the first turn in order for that to be effective and Richard didn't say he was going to do that in the first turn in fact I believe his first turn spell was going to be something entirely different um, what was it what would he Our say terrifying aura. terrifying aura terrifying aura which means legless got that shot off so um Next turn, he's going to fire him, but as you mentioned, I think it'll be too late. And we already heard what Matt would say he would fire his first target from Legolas from, which was what again? Uh, well, Saruman's I mean, horse. Yeah, if Saruman's horse is visible, which it may well be if he's up in the front rank, um, that's where it's mm. going. Otherwise, it's going to be the king. Yeah. So this will really depend on where Richard puts Saruman, but let's assume it's Saruman is the first target. Then the Mahu king is now in. Because at that point, like it's too late. Yeah. Um, so See, I, I think that's where it's a slight mistake because Saruman was in the middle, and if I was Richard, I would make sure Saruman is that target because you just horse yeah. Saruman. Okay, that's fine. He's now on the floor, but his his spells are still like exactly what is that like eighteen inches or something? Yeah, exactly. He's twenty eighteen and on. So I think that moment. that in itself would like spring me up to be like, okay, I escaped that. I'd even put Saruman in a place mm. to like oh no i got shot but like wanting him to get shot because the mahin the mahud king on a camel is one combat is like <laughs> he can literally he can try, that would like literally one turn like with him not dehorsing him he could take out around like eight to ten now <laughs> of the, the only other guys thing... on a on a rogue combat with like do 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 pro yeah. combat yeah. Do, do, he's, do, got, do, he's do, got to get I, past the, he's got to get it, past the bird first because remember he, he's staring mm. at a bird He's got a bird, and then he also threw him on the side of the elves, which is but never. But even the Mahood King could potentially delay the bird by heroic striking. Bird can defense or do what the bird wants. Mahood King could potentially die the first round or die the second round, but yeah. still, with the aggressiveness of Richard's army, yeah. he's going to break. I feel he's going to break Matt. I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Obviously, there's chance things that happen. I mean, Matt mm -hmm. could throw on the bird, roll two ones, and then... Yeah, and I say, I say so, that, but I also still like would slightly go towards Matt because like I know Matt, the son of the gun. Yeah. Like, I, hate, I hate playing him. He's going to play. I'm just, I'm, I'm just really like... Well. I'm more like going off of the decisions that were made, right? Like, so Matt shot at uh, Saruman first. I agree. I think that's a mistake. However, I don't think it matters because... Um, by the time Richard does his stuff with his spells, because he gets terrifying R off, you know, the Mahu King's going to be in there. So, and then, yeah, you're right. Like the, the range of Saruman's spells, he doesn't really care to be mounted. So um, I think the only thing where me and Rainier would differ is, is so, so once again, like just going over yeah. recap here, I think that Matt's going to get Grima away from that relic before he has a chance to pick it up at, at mm -hmm. courage one. I think it's highly unlikely he'll pass even if he, now, if he does, then that's an interesting thing, but um, I think it is still unlikely. And I think that even if, you know, Char Richard uses the plant here, it won't matter. Um, and so I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to assume that he's got him off that thing. We don't know what the role would have been, but if not, then Matt will likely leave him there. 
um, in which case to deal with him in some other way, which we'll, we'll just say that's one point for Richard at that point. Um, I, I, I guess the only place where me and Rainier differ is to kind of more late game. I have no problem dropping a little bit of magic on Guajir. Um, I think that Guajir trying to roll two dice in the will. Well, actually, he's got three points in natural will, too. Yeah, three points in three, natural three will. Might, three might, two so. dice plus yeah, one. Three point. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I've done I, this I, before where I like just slam a Boromir. I did that at Warhammer World GT where I slam him with magic. And if you roll that six, it's still pretty hard like to resist. It, it's not hard, but it's like it. it there's no, odd, but I, but, I get I get you too. Like because I've like dice rolled like someone with three will and three yeah. might, and it's like boom. I just think you can always you can always game. fail. You can always I, fail. My my issue is if you don't do anything with Guajir and you just play defensive games with a very light contingent, which we already heard Rainier is charging forward. That light contingent, Guajir is unstoppable, and you know you're. It, it, mostly because you didn't try to even fight him. Uh, we're fighting him with Creebane and two camels. Like, you know, it, that, that flank is totally open. I think Matt's going to grab that thing and run at that point. Yeah. Richard has to beat through Matt's army, which if I'm going to, you know, the slug fest, I would normally say actually Richard probably has that, but Galadriel is a weird outlier where she can keep casting that instill fear. Um, and I, I get it that Rich has one or two of those up his sleeve as well, but you know, for the long haul, I also agree with you, Rainier, that the the Lake Towners get cut up. But um, yeah, I, I'll I, have I, to say, just because of the defense on on Guajir, the problem with dealing with him has not been addressed, and he's he's swinging so many points for not being addressed. I, I just gotta say, probably Matt will most likely win. Yeah, I, I think I think Guajir just the list. You both have good strategies, in my opinion. You yeah. both are good players, but Guajir in this scenario and yeah. being the leader. And having heroic defense, it's like you have the perfect perfect assassination squad, which is the king, the camels, and the half trolls. But it's like even that he split them up. He threw he threw the half trolls forward, mm-hmm. and then he has the camels there, which Matt yeah yeah yeah. But, but, but what what I'm saying is more like even if you threw all that into Gua here, Matt can just heroic defense. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like it's it's just so difficult. Heroic defense doesn't really do much against the amount of dice he's thrown. It like because if you throw enough dice, it's something with a heroic defense. He already needed sixes to wound him anyway. So it's uh, like yeah. In some case, well, actually, is he he's strength four, right? Yeah. So he needs strength four across the board, except for the half trolls. So yeah. they're the only ones being six, impacted. You'll need six six sixes. Yeah. Basically, with I'm not with saying commit the, everything yeah. to him, but it's just. I don't know what the answer 100% is, but we know what Richard is doing is not going to stop Guajir. So, I mean, maybe it's the Black Nubinorians tagging yeah. him or whatever, See, but we already know all that's rushing forward. So, if, he has the Creebane. Creebane can stop him for a few turns. Even the Mahud. Creebane are like Raiders. One. That's true. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, like the Creebane as the defense would be, um, I guess, just waiting for Guajir. Um, because they, they do have four wounds, just hoping to sandbag but, them a couple of turns. Yeah, I, By the time yeah, he's heroic that, combated into that, if all you have sitting there is Kribane, you're just delaying the inevitable. Well, yeah, like, I mean, the, the way to deal with the Kribane is you just barge him off. Yeah, I, I, you, I just think this thing's going to be grabbed. And, and I just, so that's where I say, I think Richard's army in a straight up fight could actually do some serious damage to Matt's. 
Um, absolutely. I think the way the magic is being utilized and all that, I just would have to say, just because Guahir is a threat being unanswered, and I do think the Matt's the rest of Matt's army is capable of holding what Richard is throwing at him back. Um, I do think that there's some choices I wouldn't have made, but even regardless, I'll go with Matt as my uh vote. Yeah, because I, I see I see this too. Like it's like even the best case scenario is you break Matt. I don't think you're gonna break this game, Richard, but even if you break Matt. That's three points. You're not going to wound Gua here, I think, because like that's impossible. And I don't think you'll be able to take the relic just based on time with how fast Matt's going to go back to your place. So that in itself would be five points. And like all Matt has to do is bop, bop, which even if you defend is easy for him and he wins the game. So it's kind of hard. Okay. Um, I know there can't be that much more talking points after all that, but Charles, who... <laughs> Um, I guess well, <laughs> give give what you can. I mean, they pretty much covered almost everything. Yeah. Well, there's all, there's already two there's already two votes for Matt, but I I guess um, I guess I mean, for you, me, you gotta you gotta side with your brother. You got to <laughs> give me the I shout understand. out. Well, I, I understand. <laughs> well, no. Well, it it really comes down to um, I think it comes down to how quickly um, Richard can uh, break Matt and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I look at this board, there's a lot more terrain on Matt's side. And um, I know a 60 mil base, um, it can be tricky at times in, for moving. Uh, I played against, uh, you know, Felby, School of Ours that ha um, have trouble landing. So I'm assuming the uh, uh, Guahir can't land on any I'm of the I'm understanding Guahir is not on Matt's side. He's on Richard's side. Um, well, he, he starts Matt he said starts he was going to shove him forward. Yes, yes. Um, but um, Richard said that he was going to um, kind of place place models, um, kind of disperse them so that it would create um, zones where Matt can't land. Hmm. So I think um, kind of in the middle there where the, the trees are kind of clustered together, I, I don't know. Um, it, it doesn't sound like Richard is going to try to kill Guahir, so... Um, it's it's just about how many turns he can stall, and if if it can if it can, if it stalls for I would say four turns, um, I don't know if that would give Richard enough time to uh, get a few good combats Remember, in because lines are engaged at turn two. So just just making sure yeah. you're aware when you say four turns, yeah. so it's two turns of combat. So you're saying that he'll be able to break matt in two turns with instill i, fear th I think he'll be able to break matt in two turns i don't know because every yeah. everything in uh, almost everything in Richard's... I'll, I'll, I'll wait till we're i'll wait till we're done to give the rebuttal to that <laughs> almost almost everything in richard's list can um it can wound your um the lake town guard on fours um all of his uh, orc warriors can probably piercing strike if they want to he has uh, half trolls he has moranins um and I guess it depends on whether he can disable the master from uh, buffing the the Lake Town Guard. But if he can, then they're sitting at fight three with no banner reroll. Um, and 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 for me, that's that's um, that I, I feel like they would die really quickly. Um, so I think, I mean, Matt has more might, so he he might be. Um, he might pick most of the combats or more frequently because he'll probably have more might to call heroic moves. But even, even so, um, 
I think Richard still has at least two heroes that he can call hero combat with. He'll have the Mouth of Sauron and Gurits. Um, so it, it's hard to say. Um, Always is in th- these things. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Matt has the better hero combination with the uh, fortified um, Guahir and his strategy of picking up the prize. It's more, it's more secure. Um, but I do like Richard's army composition better. And I think it's more reliable and uh, in, in just, just a straight up fight. Um, and it, it really comes down to whether he can uh, kind of break Matt and destroy his army before Matt can pick up the objective as well as um, cause he would need to, if Richard picks up his objective, Matt would either have to wound Saruman or break Richard, right? In order to win. Um, yeah. uh, well, Matt can fly off with the, uh, Matt can the fly out. Yeah, well, can Matt flies off. Turn. It's like an auto win, right? Cause it's yeah. seven. Well, I don't think it's auto win. I think it's it auto, ends the game. It's mm-hmm. auto win. If I, well, it's auto win in that it's seven points if I get it off yeah. my one of my board edges. So I have but, to get Guai yeah. here. And it's and, only and five I, points if I get it off one of Richards. Board and I edges. think Matt Matt positioned his guys well to where even if he breaks, that kind of benefits Matt in a way because it doesn't give Richard enough enough time to take the relic and bring it back. That's why I what I mean by like if Matt takes it brings it back and gets the seven points well, is just well, detrimental. Well, I, I agree with you guys. Like, it is a tough scenario for me. I think my objective would be to try to grab the relic. Um, so to try to break Matt, obviously, and then um, so it's easier for me to grab the relic as well, which would total to six six victory points. So even if um, Matt, you know, grabs his objective, I'm hoping like the game ends before he flies off the board that I think that's my win condition. I think that's, that's possible too. to be honest that that's like exactly what I was like alluding to. Like that's it's possible, um, but Matt, Matt, you... like, Matt is more secure. Like what Charles said, Matt's mm-hmm. a little more secure because there's less chance to it. Just to be clear. Cause I know we're going to get emails about this or, or posts about this. Uh, I misstated what the, the points are for the relic. If I'm remembering correctly now it's one point, if you move it, but don't have it at the end. Three points if you move it and have it at the end. Five points if you have returned it to your half of the sandwich. Yes. Yes. And then seven points if you have taken it off the board yes. on your half of the sandwich. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you actually have to go to his side yep. and come back. Yes. yes. It's, ca- it's basically capture five the points. flag. Yes. Oh, yeah. well then that, Ooh, that just kind of actually bunch. changes things. Devin, yeah. also remember the money I wired you. Yeah, no, I, I've been waiting for it. Actually, I got it. So. That's why he that, went with. That that's why he went with Matt. He didn't get it yet. Yeah, that does change things too because it makes okay. Well, it makes Richard's potential of like front ending everything makes more sense now. What well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now it, the it only makes defense... sense. It's like break and six, maybe even if Saruman dies, a six three victory. Man. Or even if Guahir gets a six-five victory, well, that's so where going. Like... Our div- <laughs> this would be like the longest duel ever. Yeah, that's so, going so, so, our so, so what I'm going to ask, so Charles, who would you pick in the end? If you, hearing what you heard, you had to pick one. Who are you going with? Um, all right, I, I just have one quick question. Um, mm-hmm. so Matt, are 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 you going planning on throwing Lady of Light into combat at all? Um, maybe maybe toward the end. Um, you know, it, it depends. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm not, 
I mean, I have the benefit. Of, I mean, this is, in all honesty, a list that's largely derived from things that Evan has done to me. And <laughs> I mean, this was my... I, I was always completely shocked, and I suspect all of you would be shocked at how tough this lake, unless, unless you can neutralize the master of Lake Town, how tough it's, this, him, go, it's him getting them to fight for this you. lake. Well, it, it getting, it's getting them to fight for. They're all fighting too deep, and they're all bannered, mm-hmm. and every turn they are calling a heroic move. Mm-hmm. So every turn, unless it's something that has terror, I which I, I deal with with heroes. Know. And I think this just comes from my experience because I always roll sixes, you know? But <laughs> when I play Samir against them, he, of course, is a good, good player. Or if I play other people from my group, I just haven't been that impressed, even with when everything's clicking. The D4, they just drop like flies. And so, that's just my, my thing. I mean, just to give you a sense of this, I, I, I played a version of this list against Evan last week and he was playing like he was playing black numenorean harad uh and corsair alliance and so they you know this was you know going in against black numenoreans by like the end of the third turn of combat or something like that he had lost i think like 16 models and i had lost four and yeah what 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 gets you this ability is the ability to put basically to take two of your guys with a banner and then tie up like two to four of the opponent and just do that because you're calling the heroic might every turn. Um, and you know, generally you're going to be either the other guy's going to be exhausted out of might or, um, uh, or he's just going to start letting you go first. Um, and, and your ability to just kind of pin the other guy's line. And if you have that higher fight value, getting those three dice, um, you know, if you win the combat, you're, you're going to be killing like one or two. I mean, he's got a higher defense army, so he's not going to go down quite as quickly as mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I was yeah, playing. I, 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 get, I think just mine is the two fight five mounted heroic combat can be a little difficult, but like I, I, that, that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah. we can have that, but, but just the, the ability of having, you know, 36 of those dudes um, where it's like, you know, if they, if they charge into four orcs and if they lose the fight, one of them dies. Okay, we got mm-hmm. more. Okay. Um, the, the reason I asked about Lady Light is um, I can if if there is a chance that she is exposed, um, I, R- Richard could try to take her out, and then the fortified spirit would be gone right, for yeah, yeah, yeah. What, that, what, that's, what, that's once Wagner has to come a, back. Right. That, that's definitely well, yeah. a strategy is uh, yeah. to try and kill the Lady of Light, but I think she exists kind of in amongst the mob. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'll 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 go um, I'll go with Richard. Slight, okay. slightly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Matt's going to win two to one on votes. Um, let us know in the comment section below who you think would win. And if you have any lists that you'd like to submit for next week as well, put those there. Um, if you have any ideas for the duel, you know, if, 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 you, if you enjoy it, let us know about that as well. Um, you know, we're always looking for questions for the Q&A. If you have any, like we said, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and please make sure to check out the Lynn brothers podcast as well. So, you know, they can get a little bit of love from you guys as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week.